0: Fame Ranthan, Ranthan?
1: Oh, it's the Red Skull!
0: No! Oh it, my gosh! No, it's, it's just me. I'm. <laughs> that Dallas gave me some Tony's. I oh. I'm allergic. Do you have any menadryl? John, John is that you? I need I need menadryl. John, you're the Red Skull. No, no, I'm having an allergic reaction. I have a monitor
1: in my ankle. You're I, a super villain. You can take it out. No, I need menadryl. You, you, you need Minadrill? Is that like your supervillain henchman? Menadryl. Is, is he here? It's, it's like a pill. I won't tell you. I won't tell Captain America where you are. I promise. Just it, help me with this tracker. It's pink. I tried to get away. They brought me back. I need your help. An amethystamine, perhaps. His, his what? An amethystamine? <sighs> Wait, you're, you're 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 not the red skull. You just got a puffy red face. I need Benadryl. Okay, hang on, I've got some of the drawers here somewhere Hang on
0: Prepare yourself to discover a world Of terrible movies High above the planet Geekery, a group of intrepid Explorers hover over the dangerous Planet in their fabulous Super orbital spacecraft Their mission? To conduct a complete Analysis of movies known throughout The universe as Terrible So grab your space popcorn, grab your freeze-dried ice cream, and join us for today's mission of discovery and wonder. Are these movies better than the galaxy thinks? Or do they really belong on the bottom shelf?
2: Hello and welcome to The Bottom Shelf, the show where we watch critically terrible films so that you don't have to. The Bottom Shelf is an extension of geek devotions, a show from devoted geeks who are devoted to letting you know that you're loved. I'm Dallas, and I'm so glad you you hit play today. Uh, just to let you know, if you don't watch past this moment, if you don't listen past this podcast moment right here right now, I know this, we love you, we care about you. Everyone here at The Bottom Shelf loves you, especially one of my favorite co-hosts, Kevin. Kevin, don't you love people? No. <laughs> Kevin loves you <laughs> everyone Kevin, legitimately Kevin he, he has a hard exterior but he's like a Cadbury egg hard on the outside but gooey on the inside soft and squishy he loves
3: you so much he'll be honest about how much he doesn't like that sounds very <laughs> mechanically processed just like <laughs> covering my brain <laughs>
2: <laughs> so we also have joining us uh, Branson Boykin hello hello And, Francis, how you doing all right, bud? Doing great. Good. great. Good. Are you soft and gooey on the inside, too? Like Kevin?
1: Yes, I am. I'm like a Cadbury cream egg. Yep. I'm sweet and gooey.
2: (laughs) Both of you guys are hairy, too. Like, I'm somewhat jealous of of your two beards. Like, because you guys have, like, you guys are, like, beard bros. And then, like, John's over here with, like, this epic, like, rocker goatee going on. John, how are you? We're in the same room. (laughs) <laughs> we're,
3: we're all on the same spaceship. Keep with the script. I mean, Don's face looks like a melted Cadbury egg.
0: <laughs>
4: oh my
3: Why all the hate, Kevin?
0: <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> that's, uh, o-
4: that's okay, Kevin.
0: I, I'll, I, I accept this from you because you know what? You're good enough, <laughs> you're smart enough. Don't, Don't guard
3: people Don't. like you. Okay, Delilah.
1: <laughs> Delilah, <laughs> love someone tonight. Welcome to John Cash Radio. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, my gosh. So, ladies Keeping and gentlemen, if you, for some reason, have been dropped this podcast, you have no idea what's happening. We, we review terrible movies. Um, Kevin uh, on the Planet Geekery found a dumpster. Um, or, or, or an intergalactic chamber, uh, hidden that has all kinds of fabulous films. Fabulous oh, yes. brilliant. films, brilliant, absolutely and, brilliant. And Kevin, because of his, his job, he has to decide what is considered to be a good movie and not a good movie. Um, he, we're going through this, we're helping him. The team and I, we've, we've gathered here, we're surrounded him and, and helping him out. And uh, and we've we've cried nary a, t- a tear helping him. Um,
1: Branson did a little bit when we put a tracker in his ankle. Uh, you know, I, I was wondering why I had this pain in my foot. Now I understand. <laughs> it turned out he had a, uh, he was on
3: house arrest and we didn't know. <laughs> Wait, how long did it take you to know? This? you don't wash your legs or something?
1: Well, no, I was that's in- my job. That got weird. <laughs> I was in the middle of washing my toes when y'all beamed me up. So, you know.
2: That's true. We did interrupt that process. So, but anyways. But guys, we're going to jump into the conversation today. We have a new movie coming out of the trash bin. Mr. Burnham, Kevin, my Irish man. What is the treat that you have for us today?
3: Um, Captain Marvel. Oh, I mean, no, no, no. Um, Captain America Winter Soldier. No, no. Crap. <laughs> Captain America 1990. Oh, that's oh. the one with Chris Evans, right? He used to be the the uh, human torch. Um, No, this one's one's a different one. This one was like... Are you foreshadowing um, your rating? (laughs) (laughs) Was this the evil Captain America? This one stars Matt Salinger. You might remember him from Revenge of the Nerds because he is a nerd. So, yeah, that one. Was he in that?
2: That's Captain America? Wow. Did not realize that for some reason.
3: All right. And it is directed by Michael Pien, pun? I don't know. I don't speak Hawaiian, so. <laughs> Legitimately, Hawaiian pigeon is an interesting language. But you might remember him for films such as The Sword and the Sorcerer, Alien from L.A., Cyborg, Kickboxer 2, Kickboxer 4, Bloodmatch, and a music video featuring Ice-T. And that music video is called I Always Wanted to Be a Ho. Yeah. Wow. Right <laughs> <laughs> Very broad range of uh, work there. It also stars a lanky ho- um, nerd, Matt Selinger, which I mentioned earlier, a Jimmy Carter lookalike, Ronnie Cox, if he's not getting blown away by RoboCop. <laughs> uh, has Chubby Ned McBeady, Kim Gallingham, and Darren McForgetting forgetting already his name. Uh, it's executive <laughs> produced by Stanley and Stephen Tolkien. The music is also done by Barry Goldberg. If you don't know what music he's done, he's only done movies for like three Hey. The most famous he's known for is Return of the Living Dead 3.
2: Can I ask a dumb question? Is this Tolkien like is he related to like the Tolkien? Nope. Oh, okay. There's no E. I, I am officially less excited about this film now. <laughs> Please continue. Enlighten us.
3: That is
2: what I have for the movie. Oh, okay. Sweet. Alright, so this is the film we're watching, Captain America. Um, see so here, let me grab this box from you, Kevin. What's your? There's warning yeah, labels. Uh, warning your shield will randomly just fly off. Well, that's I hate when my shield just flies off.
1: Mm. That happens all the time here in Florida. Let me take a look here. <laughs> <clears throat> it's both worse than it should be and better. Oh.
2: Right. Oh.
1: Here, here, John, I'm going to throw this to you. What were the expectations there? <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think they knew. Here, John, I'm going to throw this to you. Ow. Why, dude, in the I, eye? Why'd dude? you hit him in
3: the face? You know, he's already having a mark across it. Why make it more? <laughs> it, it, it was
1: supposed to come back. It, it was supposed to come back. The puffiness, he can't
3: see. <sighs> no, oh,
1: no,
0: it's getting better. I stole some steroids from Celeste's room. Okay.
3: Uh, I choose you, Jigglypuff. <laughs>
2: I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> oh gosh.
0: <laughs> all right. That's how it's gonna be today. All right. Uh, warning. I know, I'm gonna be slagging with you all night through. Who cares? Okay. <laughs> warning,
2: this movie ages like a fine milk. Ooh. That's me. Oh, that stinks. Let me see this thing. Warning! It was from the nineties, a time when David Hasselhoff was Nick Fury, and he had and we had a fantastic four movie that was finished but never got home theater got theater or home video. But it is mentioned on this
1: video cassette tape.
3: Hmm. Yeah, we had VHS, so I don't know what that. Means. I, I
1: remember David Hasselhoff as Nick Fury, and and saw just little pieces of it.
2: I thought those were screen sh- like like screen tests.
1: No, it was like a made-for-TV movie. For what? Uh I don't remember exactly. But that, okay, fever yeah. dream movies, cool. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Warning: I'd take the red-brown TV movies over this iteration. Isn't that the evil Knievel, Captain America,
2: with the the clear shield?
1: Yeah, the plexiglass shield.
2: Yeah, because that that yeah. Okay, sweet. Because well, evil Knievel can make the jumps. <laughs> all right so what are our expectations going into this um john you first bud okay so it's not i saw this movie
0: back in around 1990 1991 when it first came out on uh, vhs i rented it from my uh, local video shop because at the time me and my friends were going through our air quotes comic book phase yeah and they had that up there as well as the 1991 flash movie oh yeah <laughs> and so i rented them both on the same night and i watched them both on the same night and i got really excited watching it as a youngster at of in 1991 at a youngster at the age of
2: nine. Oh wow so now the you said flash movie was that just the the pilot Episodes for the Flash series? No, sir. This was a movie that was made in the '90s. I'm gonna have to check this down. I don't recall one. Oh, is this with John Wesley Shipp as the Flash, (sighs) dude? I don't know. It was the '90s,
0: (laughs) bro. Bro, okay. I was nine at the time. (laughs) Gotcha. And I am definitely not
1: nine now. (laughs) I I think the pilot was a made-for-TV movie, and then the series spun off of that.
0: Here's the no, but here's the thing, though. That movie was Mm. had nothing to do with the with the uh, CW TV show. No, no, we're no, not talking no, about no. there was we're a 90s the, TV series. There was a 90s TV series. Oh, it, for real? Had, it had yeah.
2: um, uh, Mark Hamill as the trickster,
0: the
1: trickster. Toy,
2: the trickster. Mm-hmm. So,
0: okay. Well, tell you what set expectations. I'll, I'll come back to you with what year this flash movie was. Okay. Okay.
2: So Branson, what was your expectation?
1: Um, I, first time I saw this movie, the only time I've seen this movie before watching it for this was uh I was staying the night at my uncle's house because my baby sister was coming into the world. Oh. So mom and dad were at the hospital, and uh me and my middle sister were staying the night over at his apartment and he wanted to show us a movie before we went to bed and he had this movie. And uh much like John was talking about, I was a young kid, so anything that had a masked superhero in it was cool. Right. The only difference is I never grew out of that phase. I'm still there. <laughs> but I remember I remember enjoying it as a kid, mm-hmm. uh, but I didn't have high standards because it was a guy in a mask fighting supervillains. <laughs> it's a true story. So uh, I'm trying not to have a whole lot of expectations because going back and listening to some of our older episodes, I'm reflecting on my rating of Venom. Uh, I really feel like I didn't give that movie a fair shake because I was so emotionally invested in Spider-Man. So I am trying my best to set aside what I know about Captain America and see if I can enjoy the movie for what it is. Right. Instead of... That's a very
0: mature way to go about it, That's nice. Uh, You guys were correct. That was a... uh, it, It was apparently the pilot... For the uh, TV show. Nice. It was released
2: as a movie. I respect that. That's cool. In 1990. Dig it. So fun fact with the CW, he returns as, uh, oh, what was the original Flash's name? John Wesley Shipp. John Wesley Shipp. Uh, no, no, like the the character.
1: Oh, at first he was Barry Allen's dad. Right. And then he comes in the back. The comics. Uh, the first
2: Flash that had the. Oh, Jay Garrick. Yeah. So the guy, your Flash, he was Jay Garrick in the CW series. Mm. Um, And Hamill makes an appearance as the uh, trickster. Yes. All right, Kevin, what is your expectation of the film?
3: Um, I guess the same as it was when I watched it uh, from a video store. I just thought it was lame, dumb, and boring. (laughs) All right. Well. (laughs) Welcome to this episode of
0: Kevin Hates Everything.
3: No, I'm just saying the movie I thought was laying down boring. I had Batman. Who who the frick cares about Captain America when you have Batman, and Batman returns? This is a
2: true story. Um, did you ever get your final rating of what you of what your expectations
3: are going what, into it? Um, you started oh, I, the story, but you I started the
0: story. Uh, I'm expecting I'm expecting to like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember a whole lot about it, to be perfectly honest. I just remember that I seen it. Right. Um, So, you know, I think, I think I'll like it. Sweet. You know, just remembering how, how I liked it last time.
2: Right. I get that. So for me, uh, I remember watching it uh, on TV as a kid. Um, And I remember years later, um, purposely renting it from Hollywood Video, um, the magical place that Kevin and I miss dearly. And um, (laughs) you said Hastings wrong. (laughs) <laughs> I miss Hastings too, but um, the I got it, and I remember being confused because I was getting the '70s TV series mm. mixed up with this one. I, there were scenes combining for me, so I was very confused for a little bit. My expectations going into this, though, uh, is I know it's not a great movie. It wouldn't be here if it was, right? Right. I know that it's not good necessarily. I have nostalgic feelings for it. Mm-hmm. Of going, this is my childhood. This is one of the first, I would say, purely superhero movies that I have seen. Like at the time frame, like when I watched this, I also watched stuff like Meteor Man, right, and uh, and Blank Man. Oh uh, so,
3: yes, Meteor Man. You know what I am talking are. about, Meteor Man. Yeah. <laughs> so like superhero, that Blank Man.
2: yeah, yeah. Um, um, but um, like this and Batman. Although I, I feel like. For my memories, Batman had a much higher quality than this. So, um, I'm going into this going,
3: eh, this will be a fun trip down memory lane. I don't have high hopes for it. So, all right. Well, ladies and gentlemen. So, I guess we get to choose between do we want to watch a man in black latex or we watch a man in red, white, and blue latex suits?
2: I mean, black is always slimming.
3: Yeah. <laughs> True that.
1: True that. All
2: right. That's well, why I suck in my gut more. <laughs> That's what we just, Kevin. You don't need to lose eighty pounds. You just need to wear more black latex.
3: Yeah, that'll make me lose weight fast. Let <laughs> me walking around this walking sauna in Florida. going not take me long before a cop sees me. He's like, "Yeah, we're on, we're going arrest you, sir. <laughs> You're in Florida. <laughs> this is a Tuesday for them." <laughs> I feel a light breeze. I'm I'm burnt. I'm getting cold. <laughs> All right, guys, well, we're
2: going to the theater. Uh, do me a favor. Um, if you haven't watched the movie yet and you guys are listening to this, tweet at us, or not tweet at us, send us a message on Instagram or Facebook. Let us know what your expectations are of the film and uh, and then listen to the rest of this podcast and, and whatnot. So, guys, let's go. Uh, let's we'll squeeze some popcorn and watch a film.
1: When Captain America throws his mighty shield. Dear listeners,
2: this is your opportunity to escape. Our crew has just entered into the media projection chamber. What horrors and madness that they consume are unknown. Their mental state upon their return is unknown.
4: You have been warned.
2: Well, that was a, a
0: fun-filled film, guys. Whoever said it ages like a fine milk was correct.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Oh, come on, man. So. Come on. All right. For those of you wondering, let me read the back of the box that Kevin has for us. It says, uh, frozen in the ice for decades, Captain America is freed to battle against his ar- the arch criminal, the Red Skull. And that's what the back of the box says. So, What, what box are you reading wow. from? It's, I didn't
3: send you that. It's, oh, it's not the one you sent me. Here, let me give it back at the VHS. Here, I'll read it for you. Okay, fine. From the pages of Marvel Comics, Captain America takes to the screen in an explosive attempt to destroy his nemesis, Red Skull, starring Ronnie Cox, Ned Beatty, Darren McGavin, Melinda Dillon, and Matt Selinger. Captain America is a high-flying adventure for children of all ages. The superhuman secret weapon design. During World War II, Captain America is faster, stronger, and smarter than any man alive, except for the Nazi counterpart, the hideously scarred Red Skull. After fighting to a standoff during World War II, Captain America is catapulted Catapult, whatever. Catapult to the Alaskan tundra. Thank you. <laughs> Where he lies frozen for 50 years. Red Skull, meanwhile, has continued his evil ways, masterminding the assassinations of John F. Kennedy and Martin Luther King Jr. What the crap? His latest plan is to transplant his own immoral brain to the current president, but Captain America thaws just in time for one final pulse pounding duel. That determines the fate of the planet.
2: Wow, the back of that box really just tells you the entire movie. What's the point of watching it? <laughs> <laughs> it's the 90s. They figure, yeah, you're not going to watch the movie.
3: Yeah, you just want to read it for what it is and then forget about it when you go to sleep.
0: Might as well just read the book. <laughs> and that was at that point where Captain America got launched on a rocket up someone's ice hole.
2: <laughs> 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 All right. So let's get into the spoiler free discussion. What did we like about the film, boys? Okay, let's just skip over my segment. Oh, what's your segment? What? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Good night, Why? kids. I apparently got fired.
2: <laughs> My show notes are all tore up, so I, it's discouraging. Please do your Such segment. A jerk, dude. <laughs> oh yeah, you have a part here. Yeah. <laughs> so for the trivia, the trivia portion.
0: Uh, this Go movie, ahead, Battlefield Earth. Hey, you know what? I don't want to hear it from you. All right, you didn't even like. Even like Mars attacks,
2: and that's just wrong. That is, is wrong. That movie still sucks. We're still praying for you, Kevin. So, <laughs> anyway, and we're still so, praying for for John for Mars, for Battlefield Earth. So this movie, it was budgeted for
0: approximately three million dollars in uh, in nineteen ninety money why what
1: like that had to have gone to the location that's the only reason i can
0: think. let me let me pull up let me let me adjust this for inflation here real quick so you guys can understand how incongruous that
2: is with what we just watched this is three million dollars in 1990 1990 that's
3: gonna be actually bought a real rocket to put in there that's the most realistic thing on here (laughs) I don't know. It might have been the decoder Ring, <laughs> the Captain Midnight Dakota Ring. Yeah. Or you know, yeah, they recovered his polio. That's why he stopped limping. The, the castle
0: was. They impressive. actually bought polio to give Captain America at the beginning of the movie.
3: <laughs> Be realistic, right there.
1: Maybe latex yeah. was at a really high price in 1980. <laughs> And it was new. Said, hey, how much did it cost for those
3: GQ models over there? Um, <laughs> it cost this much. Okay, let's hire all the models. All all the models.
2: <laughs> like for three million dollars. Like I feel like I don't want to get. I, I feel like we're giving away our ratings for the film by going into this conversation. <laughs> but let's just say three million dollars. I feel like we could
1: have done a little a little better. That that, that could have been better spent. A Little better spent on. What yes. the movies
2: came out in nineteen ninety? At, at that's this a time. lot of
3: big Macs. That's a lot of big Macs <laughs>
2: <laughs> this year. What movies came out?
0: Okay. So three million dollars in 1990 is equivalent to about six million five hundred twelve thousand two hundred and twenty six
3: dollars today. Good golly. Wow. Which granted now are we talking are we talking about like fuel prices from then to here now or <laughs> <laughs> what anyway granted that's
0: you know that's a six million dollar movie is isn't still you know the the standard for what you would expect for an mcu right but like you could have made a decent fantastic four movie with six million dollars yeah you know so i i just i don't understand where the
2: money went well okay i i did some i did some googly and to be fair, the... Well, no, that's how much it made. I was trying to find how much... I'm trying to figure out how much it cost to make uh, Back to the Future 3.
3: Majority of this film was filmed in Italy, wasn't it? I think so. Did well, it cost that, that much for to, to, like, rent an airplane to have all the equipment moved over there from Hollywood, California?
2: I
0: mean, that's Dude. the whole... It's the whole budget for the movie, so whatever was spent to make this movie would have been included mm-hmm. into that budget.
2: Okay, yeah. wow. Okay, so... No, that can't be... That cannot be the the budget uh, apparently it is according to what i'm looking up here the budget for back to the future three mm-hmm. for context this was three million dollars for this movie right? yes back to the future three which i feel like we all agree without giving our spoilers away that was a superior film mm-hmm. 40 million okay but i mean that's not apples and oranges that's- though yeah, but it explains the quality mm-hmm. differences: three yeah. million versus forty million, the amount of money those. Po- wait, 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 wait! You're saying Back to the Future Three is a good movie? I'm saying it's like b- more quality film. It was better okay. visuals. Yep. Yeah. All right. So, yeah,
0: all right. So, but back to the trivia. <laughs> back to the trivia. Um, in an interview with the publication Retro Junk, uh, co-star Ronnie Cox said this movie. Uh, remains to this day the finest script he had ever read and how those guys messed up the film, I will never know. Wow.
1: Wow. So we didn't see the original director's vision. I guess
0: not. Dang. Um,
1: I want a director's cut now. uh,
0: Dolph Lundgren and Arnold Schwarzenegger were both up for the role of Captain America. Uh, Schwarzenegger's accent lost him the role and Lundgren was too busy filming The Punisher,
2: uh, that makes sense with later. Like that,
3: yeah. He'd be like, <laughs> so work for one film, but not the other." <laughs> I'm Captain
2: America. Yeah. It's like, do
3: you work for the other side. <laughs> you wanna try Red Skull? I am here to throw shield. Go, America. I'm going. I'm going to crush you. (laughs) Uh,
0: Val Kilmer was also considered for the title role, but he declined in favor of his role as Jim Morrison in the doors that, which was released in 1991.
1: That's Um, probably a good move for him.
0: This film was released theatrically, uh, internationally in 1990, but was direct-to-video in the U.S. Uh, It had a limited U.S. theatrical release in July of 2011 to promote Captain America, the first Avenger. Um, And then Albert uh, Pune uh, toured the country with his
2: director's cut.
1: Oh, there is a director's cut. Apparently
0: there's a director's cut. Oh, Oh, I must
2: find this. I would be intrigued to find that myself. Well, there it is. Uh,
0: Ned Beatty's son, Thomas Beatty, actually plays the younger version of his character at the beginning of this movie. I actually like that a lot. I That's respect cool. that.
1: That's really cool.
3: Um, cool. So they both had diabetes. Uh, mm-hmm. it's Kevin. Oh, Kevin.
1: Oh.
0: There it is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, finally, this is the last one I wanted to bring out, bring to light. Was Captain America's costume was made by the same costume company that made uh, Batman that made the costumes for Batman in Batman '89 as well as Batman Returns.
2: I'm kind of angry about that fact. Like, uh, I, I feel like they phoned it in. I'm not a Captain America like, yeah, but mm-hmm. I feel like they phoned in that costume because Bats was a far superior, even with the like the the nikes that have uh, a basically a cover to make boots
1: mm-hmm. yeah well there's probably a difference in directors involved and things like that i imagine tim burton had a very specific idea of what he wanted
0: well what was the batman what was the different like? budget like if we were to pull up the budget for batman 89 right because they were both probably filmed at the same time
1: that's true that's true yeah
2: so let me pull up the budget on that real quick Welcome to the episode where we talk budget. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking. Welcome to the fiscal shelf.
3: (laughs) Hey, if it takes you a long time to go to the bathroom, it took Mount Singer and his crew 30 minutes to take his costume off and on when he had to go for a bathroom break.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It takes me thirty minutes to go to the
2: bathroom. There's something wrong. Send for help. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the budget for Batman was thirty-five million dollars.
1: Okay, okay. So, so that's ten times the, as much. I was about
0: to say because they may have been it may have been made by the same company, but the fact of the matter is, if you look, if you kind of look at the bat suit versus Captain America bat versus cap suit, uh, the bat suit was thicker. Right? Yeah, it yeah. looked it looked like they just made hit made Captain America suit out of a balloon. Yeah,
1: <laughs> the Captain America suit looked like cosplay. Like I would expect to see that at a comic con. It looked like good cosplay. Good cosplay. Solid but cosplay. Cosplay, nonetheless. Mm. Yeah. And when you're watching a movie, you, you kind of don't want to see cosplay,
2: right? You know.
1: All
0: That's right. Fun. Well. All right. Now let's get
2: into the spoiler-free discussion. Yeah, <laughs> I
0: apologize. <laughs>
2: So what's in spoiler free? What what did we enjoy about the film, gentlemen? Something spoiler free. I want to start off. While I'm complaining about the costume, I appreciate the cause the costume. Because like we said, it feels like a cosplay. Like it's it it feels like 90s Captain America in the comics. and yeah. I, I appreciated that. It was awkward at times when you were out the corner, the wings kind of like move. As he turns, that was kind of
1: funny. They were flapping to help him go faster. <laughs> <Ta-da>. <laughs> like Namor's wings on his feet that help him fly. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, no I, I agree with what you're saying. It was very, very comics accurate, which is more than what could be said for a lot of costumes, even costumes for movies that come out today. Mm-hmm. I mean, attention was made. They wanted to make it look like Jack Kirby's drawing leapt off the page. And I find it interesting that... It was a comics-accurate costume, but still looked hokey. Mm-hmm. And, and and I find that interesting because I've seen conversations between comics uh, makers, and there was a little uh, cartoon blurb. I couldn't find it. But it basically makes the point that stuff that looks good in comics doesn't always translate well to the screen. Mm-hmm. And the example they gave was uh, the original illustrations of Batman from – Bill Finger and and Bob Kane, who signed his name. And that's a conversation for a different story. <laughs> uh, uh, but the original designs of Batman and then the Batman costume from the serials that was based off of that design and the, the costume of the serials, it doesn't look that menacing. Right. I mean, even his ears are kind of, They're floppy, kind of floppy. Yeah. You know, but, It it was a a cloth version of what was in the comics. And Mm -hmm. in the comics, it looked menacing. He looked scary. Right. And so I I think that when directors take a comic book and translate it to screen, there has to be an accounting for translating from comic book to screen. You've got to let go of this idea that I'm going to take it off the page and put it on screen because you're changing mediums. Yeah. And when you change mediums, that changes the way things look. Captain America's suit looks awesome in the comics. Mm -hmm. But if you try to translate that directly to screen, it doesn't come off the same. That's why I liked what they did with the MCU cap. and made it more like a a armor type thing. Yeah. You know, where it had straps instead of just random stripes. Right. That kind of thing. So, so I I agree with you. It was definitely a comics accurate look. And I think that's why it looks so hokey is because there wasn't an accounting for how it would look on screen.
2: I give you that. I give you that. So, uh, John, what's something you enjoyed about the film? Okay,
0: I have a feeling I'm going to stand alone in my laurels on this one. Okay, but I liked the guy who played Red Skull. I didn't mind him. I think I think of all the people who were acting in this movie, he did the best job of actually acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, did not care for Dollar Store Meg Ryan at all. <laughs> <laughs> um did not really even care for you said his name was matt sillinger kevin
3: kevin shakes his head yes sorry i just it was um yes i that was matt Sillinger.
0: yeah i didn't i didn't care for him as captain america he didn't send he didn't translate to me at all as being as being super smart you know he was dopey he <laughs> was dopey throughout was. the whole movie yeah and you know especially when ned Beatty showed up and been like and was just like hey you know, uh, I'm here to rescue you. The, the U S is in trouble. And he's like, Oh, you're a Nazi spy. He, he, he. I,
2: that, that may be getting to spoil. I have, I have thoughts about that scene. Cause I want to talk about that. All right. Um, yeah, I probably should. I probably shouldn't have dipped into
3: that. <laughs> that specific. That specific <laughs> he looked at it like, what? <laughs> all right. Um,
0: so, but yeah, the guy, the, the cat who played in uh, that played, uh, red skull, um, I liked him and Dallas will, Dallas will affirm me. Like I was like, I feel like I've seen this guy somewhere. Yeah. Uh, the whole entire time through the movie. And you know, I, I, I you know, there was things that I was picturing him. Like, this guy would work really good in a role in a vampire movie. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and come to find out, he did. Well, yeah, but that was before this movie. <laughs> and it's and it just like when we looked at the IMDb after the fact, he hasn't really done a whole lot since this movie. Mm-mm. And it's sad because I thought he was great. He played the menacing... I thought he played the menacing bad guy very
2: well. I agree. I The I only thing I had an issue with him was the costume. Mm-hmm. I yeah. didn't think the face... Like it's supposed to be a skull, and it, it it like we're joking with your allergy issues. It just looked poofy, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the acting, especially in the latter half of the film, uh, because they got rid of those certain custom aspects, I thought were solid, and I liked it. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Kevin, what's something you enjoyed, bro?
3: I actually enjoyed what John just said on the villain because I thought the villain was probably the best actor in this film. Everyone else was just like just everyone else um that i did not like the costume for red skull It just like someone just melted red crayons over his face <laughs> and like, here you go i thought the rat i didn't i was, did not oh, sorry, um, oh wait i'm supposed to tell you things i do like not don't like well, i don't <laughs> care i'll just tell you things i don't like anyways <laughs> I like welcome i didn't again like the captain to... america costume right i felt I just felt like he probably had Jocker's itch the entire time making this movie. I, I bet you that suit reeked every time he took it off oh, at I'll, the end of the day. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, God, sorry everyone I farted it. You know, I've been, I've been keeping it the past couple of hours. I, a bubble back there. I, I bet you
0: I bet you Dollars to Donut, when that guy passed gas on set, his suit would inflate. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I wonder if they like puncture, like put little air holes just for that issue.
1: <laughs> they did that all day too.
0: <laughs> no, that that would be terrible because you would hear it through the suit. It would just be like
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> sort of like Bung when you bats. sort of like when you let go of the end of a balloon when it's inflated. Well
2: what's worse about it, because get we I'm assuming the suit was not one, a one-piece suit, but if it was like if when he said cuz air had to get in there when you move around when he sits down that means what comes up around his face oh no. <laughs> no, no oh no
0: dude you you just gave yourself a dutch oven in that
3: instance bro <laughs> Darn those Italian cookings. <laughs> <laughs> it's the hot winds of change. <laughs> Is this burrito night? <laughs> has, I Matt Salinger has claimed that he still has a suit with him. He just doesn't. Um, he The shield he can't find. I think he lost it somewhere. Oh, that's sad. He, oh, he, he puts it on every other Tuesday night. <laughs> into, um, convention events and so forth. Right. Um, I didn't enjoy some of the scenes but it wasn't lingering enough for me to appreciate fully because Mm. there were certain places i know like this is a beautiful area but the only problem is that when you have so many people watching you throughout the entire country and every time you try to film everyone will get on set and like no you can't be on here move move go (laughs) away and so forth so i can understand that especially in a country like that right films but yeah that's just very light, of what I have
0: to say. Word. Yeah, The scenery in this movie was fantastic, though. It was. When, when I, they took they, the time to wished, look at it. it was,
3: I just wish it was longer. Like, they took yeah. the shots. Just go a little bit longer. Like, you know, you could feel more in just five seconds. Keep it going a little bit more. Right. Like, the, the, end, the scenery at the end when they're...
0: Well, no spoilers here, but, you know, the scenery... Yes, yes. The, yeah. The scenery at the very end of this movie... It was beautiful. Oh yeah. You know, around the piano. I'll just put mm-hmm.
2: it like that. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. That I mean just like that was a breath that was some breathtaking scenery. I wish the whole movie was up there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like it was the the scenery was was really gorgeous. And, I, and again, I wish I I knew I'd done the research to figure out where all they shot this was um because I feel like it was at the locations they said they were in. But um and there's there's a balance there. I mean, there's there's always that challenge of okay, how much do we linger on a shot and not? And um, earlier, I was having a conversation with John. Like, it feels like a '90s TV movie, uh-huh. which we discovered was basically directed video and with right. a budget three million. That's that's '90s television. Yeah. Like, it, I part of me wonders like, were they trying to make a a pilot? for a TV series with this.
1: That would make sense.
2: Honestly, and and this, again, without giving my my final rating, if this was a pilot for a TV series, well done. Mm. Absolutely. But, um, because that explains the fast pace of certain things, that explains the timing of of certain things. Television shows don't linger on shots. right? Movies, when you have a beautiful scenery, you linger a little bit because Mm. it's... It, it's better looking than some of your actors at times. Yeah. And so and it, it's like what Kevin said. There are scenes that like that nothing really pops except for just a few short moments. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, absolutely. You got something, John? I do. Uh, while you were
0: talking, I was looking up where this was shot. Yeah. Just because you were asking about it. Mm-hmm. It was actually shot. Of course, the spots in the U.S. were shot in the U.S. Uh-huh. But the foreign shots... Not in Italy, really. Not in Italy. It was shot in the Kingdom of Yugoslavia, really. So this is before this. This movie was shot before the split of Yugoslavia. Wow. Wow. Okay.
2: Fascinating.
0: Cool. So did we? T- did we discuss what uh, Branson liked about this movie? Uh, Not in detail, you said you like super. What else do you like? Yeah.
1: Um, I liked. Uh, We we talked about the suit already. I appreciate, and and I'll get more into this um, in the spoiler section, but I liked the way he, Matt Salinger played the man out of time aspect of it. Okay. Um, Especially one scene that I think we've kind of alluded to already. Um, Like y'all, I did like... uh, the red skulls acting. I think someone said he was the best actor of the movie. And I agree. Uh, he was believably deranged. Like I really got yeah. the, I got the impression that he was really intelligent and really evil all at the same time. Yeah. Um, as far as his, his face, I feel like the rat that, that they experimented on looked more like a skull than the red skull.
2: That rat was legitimately creeping me out. Okay. So that red rat, I,
0: did it, did that give anybody some Ray Harryhausen feels at all when the show that? A little that bit, right? yeah. It's <clears> like <throat> I, it's like when was the last time you've seen some decent stop motion animation in an actual movie? It's been a long time. Yeah, and I, and I know that it's an archaic form of. I mean, uh, unless it's a Tim Burton film. Right, but I mean, it's just like I was—I I saw that, and I'm like, "That's fake," but that's really good fake. That's mm, like, yeah. re, like, like I said, it gave me all kinds of Ray Harryhausen feels mm. when I, when I saw them pull the sheet off the off the top of that red rat, and it's just like. <laughs> and,
1: and the thing is, it's not like the technology didn't exist to make a decent skull mask mm-hmm. because Masters of the Universe had come out just a few years before. And- that was
0: more than a few years, bro. But go ahead.
1: It's relative. It's relative. Was it like 87? Yeah. Okay, this was 90. That's only three years. That's a few, right? Yeah. Shut up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, uh, Skeletor, I can't, the, the guy that played him, Frank Langella played Skeletor and the skull mask he had mm-hmm. was really good. Mm-hmm. Like he had a believable skull face. Yeah. So they were capable of making a, the, the technology was there to make a decent skull mask mm-hmm. and they just didn't. And I don't know if that was again, going into the whole, the whole budget thing. We were talking about how, you know, the same people that made cap suit made Batman soup. There was an obvious budget difference. Maybe yeah. that was, Something else, so I know it was possible to make a decent skull suit.
2: There was a lot of money that went into the Masters of the Universe movie. Yeah, I mean they had a whole they had a whole. Uh, Speaking of Dolph Lundgren, yeah, <laughs> but they had a, like a whole like competition for a kid to be on the scene on the set. Piggy kid, yeah, yeah, which ended up being a terrible idea for the movie. Yeah, uh, they had, the kid was there for that one scene. They got him out quickly because they realized how adult it was going to be. Yeah, but there was a lot more money behind that, and I think yeah. that one of the things that we the complaints that we all have, I feel like, are monetarily based. Uh-huh. They're just yeah, wasn't. If they
3: waited one more year for Michael J. Fox for Doc Hollywood, who could have fixed that radical? What? What? Doc Hollywood, Michael J. Fox, plastic surgeon, went over one's heads. Yeah, this is not the bomb stuff anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused. I'm sorry. I'm lost.
2: Oh my gosh. All right. So I feel like we've uh, exhausted the spoiler free stuff and we're ready to jump into it. Yes. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, Spoiler time, ladies and gentlemen, the spoiler section. All right, we are in our spoiler section. Yes, and uh, this is a uh, no holds bar. Keep it PG. Uh, I'm looking at you, KevO. And um, this
3: movie's PG-13, so we're going there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, but we are we're getting into it, guys. There um let's talk about some spoilers um let's let's just jump into it starting right off the bat uh we were introduced to our captain america and uh, i'm more impressed with the fact that he looked weak at the beginning of the film than 10 minutes into the film when he became captain america i legitimately have no idea how they pulled that off, other than having him maybe wear baggier clothes and uh-huh. then limping because I, and maybe flexing when the on the camera shots real practical. That's the way they did it super practical and effective. <laughs> but I appreciated that.
4: Yeah,
1: it, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's. It kind of harkens back to the old uh, Superman comics, where the way Superman plays Clark Kent is he hunches, he wears really baggy clothes to hide his physique, right? And he completely changes his mannerisms, yeah. And that's what they did, you know. He's he's they kind of changed up the story to where he's not just a weakling, but he's got polio, so he limps everywhere he goes, right? Uh, like you said, baggy your clothes, he kind of you know walks kind of funny, and then when he becomes Captain America, he stands up straight. He wears tighter clothing. He uh, you know, you, you can completely change the way a person looks. And what I appreciate is that, you know, it's not CGI. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as I love the MCU cap, it's kind of obvious when you look at Chris Evans that he was CGI to look that skinny. He right. wasn't really that skinny.
0: Well, yeah. And here's the thing, though. This was this is a shot back in 1990. CGI where it was a thing it was incredibly expensive Mm -hmm. and not too believable right right the earliest i can remember cgi being used in cinema especially in like superhero movies was at the end of batman 89 when batman's holding the joker over the ledge yeah that oh yeah yeah. and and if you if you actually pay attention to that background, you can actually see the frame the frame shutter on the Mm -hmm. CGI animation of that for that for Mm -hmm. the uh like the spotlights that are up there. Totally. So CGI would not that's the same reason why they had the stop motion effects for the red rat in the beginning instead of CGI is just it wouldn't have been cost effective and it wouldn't have been any more believable.
1: Right. Right. Right.
3: So and stop motion for the shield. Yeah The shield. Did they do stop motion for the shield? Yes, it looked just like Earth versus the flying saucers, but this time it's a when they when they shield. threw the shield and it. Came oh yeah!
1: In. Every time it circled back, like the first time he throws the shield, he takes out a guard tower and it like loops back around. Oh,
0: I thought I thought they did uh, wire work with that to make it happen. Uh, circa. You gotta use wires for, for stop motion. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying. I thought it was like Plan Nine stuff, like like
2: pipe hands on the. <laughs> Go check out that episode if you guys haven't. Episode I do, one, ladies and gentlemen. I do want to rewind, and I apologize, because right at the very, very beginning, we have the introduction of the Nazis. Mm. 1936, and the Nazis come in and kidnap the kid, right? Uh-huh. That scene set me up for... A better movie? A better movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh,
3: that- oh my God, yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, it went off, and I'm going, oh my gosh, was this better than I thought it was? Like, like who di- yeah. who directed that scene? Can we have them for the rest of the movie? Right? Because it was so good. <laughs> yeah. Like it was intense, it was impactful. Like I didn't understand half of what was being said because they had very limited subtitles. That was one of my complaints. But mm. that was such a great scene. I think it captured the um the look and feel of it. It set us up for the ending to a degree which right. I feel like they dropped the ball some on. Uh it gave you the idea it, it helped you understand these are the bad guys. Now, mm-hmm. granted, this is 1990 so we're not too far removed from the actual events of World War II Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so a lot of people have this in the back of their head they know this stuff this is this is real life Um, I feel like that it um, it gave Red Skull more um, sympathy because here's a kid ripped away from his family uh, which I think was in 1990 putting the sympathy card in there I feel like was a big deal Mm -hmm. for a 1990 audience who you know, we're, we're learning about World War II. You have, you know, grandparents who lived through World War II, and they're like, ah, stupid Nazis, which for good reason, stupid yeah. Nazis. But now we have sympathy about the victims of the Nazis who were forced to be with them.
1: I wonder if that's why they made the Red Skull Italian instead of German. Like they wanted that that sympathetic villain thing, and they knew if they made him German, there would be zero sympathy.
2: Maybe. I'm what was Red Skull an, an Italian? He was the, Italian. Um, yes. Um. No. In the in the comics.
0: Yes.
1: No. In the comics, he was German. Was he? Yeah.
2: I
0: I will say this. I was talking to a comic book writer today. Can
1: anybody guess who?
0: Uh, was it uh, Stan Lee? Yes, I know who. I was talking to J.S.
1: Earls today. If he's talking to Stan Lee, that means he's up into some crazy stuff. I was uh, I
0: was using a Ouija board. <laughs> His profile picture, he has horns. So I don't know if he knows that. Uh, dude, please don't point that
2: out.
0: <laughs> um, but no, I was talking to J.S. Earls today, and he was telling me about it. He's um Now, he got jumbled up thinking I was talking about the Chris Evans one, but the information still is good for... Uh, this particular movie in that uh, because of even up till recently, because of uh, movie regulate, I'm sorry, I'm not up on my microphone and you're playing with my levels. I'll try that again Uh, because of movie regulations, even up to recently uh, in European countries, specifically Germany. uh, And because this movie hat was slated for an international release, they wanted, they, if they wanted this movie to play in Germany, which has a big market share in yeah. in international release there can't be any references to nazis oh, in your movie really you cannot have nazism
2: in your movie at all and so that makes sense they, hmm. they went through a big thing of it was until the world cup back in 2005 mm-hmm. nationalism um in a positive way was a non-existent thing world cup in 2005 germany Rocking the soccer field or football mm. field, tearing it up. And it was the first time commentators were saying that Germans were proud to be German. Wow. So, you know, and so yeah, obviously make
0: him mm-hmm. Italian. Yeah. And they went with the they went with Mussolini-led Italy right. instead of Hitler led Hitler led Nazi Germany. Mm-hmm. Now, uh this even translates to the modern captain Captain America. And that was the reason why in the modern Chris Evans Captain America, you saw no swastikas or Nazi paraphernalia. Instead, it's all everything hydra. was all
1: Hydra. Right. That You're, makes sense. I'm
2: just now putting these dots together. So, yeah, uh,
0: yeah that's the reason why uh, he was Italian in this and why he had Ooh. an Italian accent instead of a German
2: accent. This makes so much sense. Thank yeah. you, JS, for informing us. Yeah. So we'll put JS's stuff in the show notes because mm-hmm. of that now.
0: And I did ask him if I could cite him on that. And he said, yes. Oh, good.
2: Awesome. Sweet. So, all right. So we have a lot happening at the front end of things. We Mm -hmm. also have the worst setup for a love story, in my opinion. Oh, God. Um,
0: (laughs) Oh, your mom's taken. I guess you'll do. (laughs) Like,
2: like, first of all, let's talk about mom.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, wait, are you talking about Steve Rogers' mom or Bernie? Bernie. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah,
2: burned it. Because I
1: actually liked the scene between Steve Rogers and his mom. Right. That was very heartfelt. I thought that was great. It that felt whole, very American. That whole exactly. It felt American. I, I wanted to eat a piece of apple pie watching that scene. It was great. And then and then we get to the point and he says, "Wait, we can't do this without Bernie." And then it falls
2: from that point. It's the, like okay, the color grade
1: changes. It goes from
2: being like maybe like midday to, oh, it's five o'clock in
1: the afternoon. Well, the dude's got polio. It's a long walk to the beach. Come on.
3: How far can you come on? He hopped this way there. What else are you expecting to (laughs) go faster? as As the
2: guy in the room who is genuinely crippled, I can tell you My dude would not have hobbled that far. All right, (laughs) would be like, sorry, are we taking the picture now? (laughs) They made that sound like he like, like, first off, the, the, we talked about this earlier, the time jumps that like Uh things did not add up of like how long it took from point A to point B and then locations. We'll get into that in a hot minute. But the, it just, that whole scene, they're like, oh, we wanted to to be, have this romantic sunset quick. Let's just jump the clock. 10 hours. I'm like, what is (laughs) happening here?
1: But then it's back in the afternoon when they go back to the house.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the relationship only lasted for 60 seconds. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Hey, this was the inspiration for
1: Gone in 60 Seconds. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, for me, that's where the acting started to break down. I, I was with it. You know, I was, really,
0: it was at that point where the acting started breaking yes. down.
1: <laughs> well, think about what you had seen up until that point. I mean, you saw young Red Skull being captured. You mm-hmm. saw uh, the... Professor lady what was her name yeah the the female Italian Abraham Erskine uh you know betray her country and and go back to uh, the United States and all that up until that point I was like, okay, you know what this is this is better than I remembered. And then they do this whole, oh, I can't live without you. And I'm like, and there's the 90s cheese.
0: I'll wait for you. Yeah. Okay. If, if, I, if I've learned anything from this movie is when a girl says she'll wait for you, she's lying. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. She like, will wait 20 years for you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Kevin, yeah. you have any words to say about this uh, awkward uh, setup for a love story?
3: Hey, you guys are romantic birds. You're all married. You know about romance. I know nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness! All right, so my relations, my relationships, don't even last for sixty seconds. Okay, (laughs) they come over and say, "Wow, you have a wonderful, lovely accent, and you're boring. You're a nerd. Bye." (laughs) Ladies, if you're looking for Kevin, you, if you need me (laughs) to, no, don't,
2: don't, please. (laughs) Ladies, if you're looking for a sexy Irishman, call Kevin. So, anyways,
3: I'll, I'll tell want you me, the longitude to latitude to the Atlantic Ocean. You can just drive <laughs> out there and then wait for like twenty years.
1: <laughs> I feel so unsure as but anyways, you, take you take my take Steve hand. <laughs> Turn around. Every level. okay, we're, we're done. <laughs> this is getting so weird. I need to have the bottom uh, shell podcast, the musical. Okay? <laughs> no, <laughs> here, here's the problem
0: you have me and Branson in the same room, and when that happens, it's it, <laughs> just throw the rails away because this is going to go so far off the rails, we're going to go for buying.
2: Well, checking tr- down the rails, Steve Rogers is then taken in for. Uh, the transformation. Da, da, da. Which, like I said before, I thought the transformation was actually kind of cool. I appreciate it. It was a little weird. Can we talk about the fact they have all this expensive protection for everybody? Like, okay, the laser beam's going to go here, and we have these, like, this, like, Obviously, like, it's a metal wall to protect us from the radiation. And then Matt Sanchez is like, I'm going to stand here in front of the ray, too. <laughs>
3: like,
2: like, like, what's happening? She's Why like, is getting electrocuted
3: like Frankenstein's monster?
2: She's like, I'm Italian. This can't hurt me. I have years of marinara sauce in my veins. Like, <laughs> <laughs> These rays won't hurt me. I mean, I mean, granted, uh, get an Italian mama mad and she will, she, I mean, nuclear blast will stop her. But I don't feel like this was the, the time for that.
1: Right, right. Like,
2: it didn't make sense.
1: I did think that the setup for that room looked very similar to the MCU setup, but as we pointed out before, on a smaller budget. Yeah. But I appreciated how similar the setup was. Can, uh,
0: can we talk about the elephant in the room? Or should I say, can we talk about the Nazi in the room? Okay. <laughs> how did that happen? <laughs> okay how how did that happen? This is this is a special observer
2: from. Okay, so I I, I can I can I can give this a pass. First off, the conversation about um, Nazi infiltration was not uncommon back in the forties, mm-hmm. of the possibility of being people who were. Um, in the country. that were partnering sort with of stuff. That's not um, that's not unthinkable. That said, real life story. Uh, I have a relative who, when they served in the military, uh, they were they, they were stationed stateside at a government facility, and because they scored very high on their tests, because they didn't want to be on the front line, and so, <laughs> um, one day when he was off shift, he wasn't there, and he, he goes, "I was not there for this." they had some people come in to do an inspection. Dude came in looks official. They walked around the entire facility. They're about to walk off and dude drops his his trench coat wearing full Nazi regalia and screams out how Hitler. Oh. Dude was tackled pretty quickly, but this actually happens. Okay. Mm. But here's the thing. And here, here's
0: my issue with the scene. Okay. Now, regardless of how accurate it could have been Mm -hmm. i will say knowing the military with as many friends as i have had in the military and my family who's been in the military and talking about how the military does things there are no observers in the room Mm -hmm. you are not in that room if you do not have a function this is what's going on yeah so i'm watching this i'm like no There is no special observer because of this very reason. Mm -hmm. If you do not have a reason to be there, you do not need to be there. You know, that's it it goes down to for eyes only clearance.
2: Sorry,
1: go on. I guess I didn't pick up on that because that's exactly what happens in the comics. There's a guy that walks in and he's a Nazi double agent. So Mm -hmm. I knew it was going to happen. So I didn't I guess I didn't pay a lot of attention to his role or why he's there. Cause I knew according to the story, he was supposed to be there. Mm-hmm.
2: I would be curious to see, um, if any of our listeners who have, um, more experience with the military and knowledge of specifically military, uh, workings of the forties, um, you know, is this something that would have been different or not? Um, maybe it would have been even more, maybe it would have been even more lax. I don't know. Um, again, I feel like, Hey, I, I can see some believabilities behind it, but I do make, Brent's brings a great point. It's probably it's just the story. Mm. They're just like, all right, we got to go with the story? Kevin, you have any thoughts on that? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> so he gets shot and he, he heals. Apparently like that shot that bullet went straight through his
0: body. <laughs> it went through his lung like where, where it shot him. I can say as someone who's taken a couple A&P courses, uh-huh. it went through his lung. He should have been gurgling. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, he has the experiment. You don't.
0: I, I get that, <laughs> but to be physiologically correct, even before his speedy healing kicked in, he should have been blowing red bubbles. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th- I think, I think there again,
1: you, you got to look at the fact that it's it's the nineties. I know. You know. Oh, uh, don't even start with that. It's the nineties. Nineties. Well, know. no, I mean, just th- th- there was a time Kevin, where. Do you need a hug? They weren't focused on how accurate it looked. They were just focused on, did it look cool? And it looks it's cool. a comic
3: book movie. No one cares, <laughs> at least for during this time.
1: <laughs> but you know, there's a lot of truth to that. There's a lot of truth to that. If, if they're making a comic book movie that, that is supposed to be a, a translation of what was in the comics, you know, I, I've heard from these guys that wrote these comics. They weren't worried about what was believable. They weren't worried about what made sense they were worried about what's going to sell they were worried about what sounded cool they were worried about what was going to be visually stunning and that's what they put in their movies or that's what they put in the comic books and if you take that story and translate it to movies you know i feel like that's a a modern thing of questioning well if it happened in the real world what would it look like Mm. back in the 40s they didn't care right it wasn't the real world the point was escapism
3: right yeah all right, cool beans. So I'm sorry that seemed that that scene just made me laugh. Well, what what made what when you get, made when you laugh? got the huh? What made you laugh about it? When he got the bullet shot right through, and then Nazi when he screams at hi, Hitler and blast her way and everything. I don't know. I just for some reason I just thought it was so corny and silly. It was corny. I was just. It was definitely was, done corny. Uh, and what was it that um that deep Southern man was like the Southern accent man's like. This man is responsible for thousands of American lives. You have to get this man healed when he's in the hospital oh, and he yeah. gets up for that hospital scene and then he's like, what would you say I gotta do <laughs> <laughs> but see but see that- when you said that his big experiment was proven successful how do you know he'd even get off the freaking table and was like, it's successful. It's like, how do you know? <laughs> well he was bigger
1: but see that's that that is such a Captain America thing though, to be laying on a hospital bed riddled with bullets. And then he hears some soldiers somewhere are going to die or someone's going to die. And he gets up and says, all right, wh- where are we going? I- I'm ready. Let's go. That, that is true to the character of Captain America. That, that is, yeah,
3: that's true to the Captain America that we that we already know. It's just that, yeah. you know, it, was, it just felt just out of place. It was poorly the executed. out of place thing yeah. was the airplane scene with him wearing the blue costume suit Oh, None yeah, of you yeah. laughed at that? <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh no, there were I mean, there were seriously. comments that were made here.
3: <laughs> you just like see him in no you just see him right there getting up with the oh with the bed gown. Next thing he's in the airplane with um the southern accent man. He's wearing the blue costume and they're giving the longest exposition ever about his suit, his shield and everything else like yeah, don't take me through that process. Well, okay, I <laughs> think you've been training with a shield, right?
0: And you have a fireproof suit. <laughs> <And>
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that that again that, that goes into my conversation about it feels like a made-for-TV movie. Mm. I feel like that because I make because they would have they would have boop, boop, boop and go into it and then make room for flashbacks here's, later. Here's the
0: thing, it doesn't because Marvel did made-for-TV movies back then too. I would not solely Lou Ferrigno with this movie
2: because yeah, the Credible Hulk. That that's a different. That was Lou Ferrigno was not around the same time frame. It was, it was a, before exactly, and they
0: were still better.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: that was that was movies based on a series that had already existed, right? Instead that, of setting up a pilot, The
2: properties were already in place, and then they made movies based off of it. Think, um, oh, what was that movie? Uh, Generation X. That was yes. supposed to be the a X Men. Uh, TV series they made a pilot Generation X it's on uh, it's on YouTube you can watch it um, I, I may just do a review on it for a com talk later but uh, just just to do just revisit the trauma of my night of my childhood but <laughs> <laughs> but it's that same bit bip bip and go mm-hmm. and that's so like because it was it was super quick Kevin's right like it was like boom oh you've been training for six months for this yeah. mission that we told you you had to hurry up and do now and like he's jumping up, all of a sudden he's a ranger, yeah. Ranger school, <laughs> right? We're not gonna watch that video on this podcast.
1: <laughs> so, so, that was a question I had had he received any kind of training before he got the super soldier school? couldn't because he was polio. So, so he, so all of his fighting expertise that he had, he just magically had from hospital bed to the plane, and that you know,
3: but up, but explains this move. <laughs> So what kind and of explains it? this movie only had six months because he was so busy running away from every fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> but for
2: real, I mean, like it was a bit, bit and go. And yeah. it, like, what is this is the problem? Again, I have with the film is what is happening with the timing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like,
1: it's like it, they were trying to hurry up and get to certain parts. And so they didn't fully pan out well, exactly it, what they should have.
0: I would buy that if that was the case. The problem is, is that this movie was so bipolar with its pacing.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: It was just like, okay, we got this exciting scene coming up and we're going to slow down for the next 20 minutes and (laughs) accomplish zero. And here's five minutes of action. And we're slowing down again. And it was like listening to a cassette Walkman with dying batteries.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I could see that. Oh my gosh. So,
3: we about the first fight with Red Skull? Yes. yes. His first fight, like he goes right in there and loses. Uh, like, I thought he was supposed to be a spy, like spying in. And he's like, as soon as he lands, they, they shine to the light on him. I was like, oh, I guess I'm spotted. My six <laughs> months of training sucked. <laughs> <laughs> goes flying his um, Frisbee and well, hits everything. That and then happened. sees the Red Skull, who's right there waiting for him. The, well, the plot he is like a wolf. <laughs> the,
1: the, they needed a plot reason to let him use his shield to make stuff blow up. And if he's sneaking in, he's not going to use his shield.
0: You know, that scene actually probably could have done better with a decent soundtrack. Like if they uh, uh, if they uh, used send me an angel, not the nasty angel. 80s synth song but the scorpions tune like he, him and walk through the door slow motion get some John Woo doves behind him and <laughs> and then be like here I am could you send me an angel <laughs> you know just have him come in and the Red Skull, like, (laughs) you know, that could have been that could have been framed so much better, Mm -hmm. but it's just like
4: I'm right here. That's (laughs) fine.
0: And the whole movie, like, seriously, the the procedure was supposed to make him super tough and super smart. Mm -hmm. I saw super smart only with the bad guy in this movie. Yes, Steve Rogers was an idiot. And the bad, the, movie. The, the bad guy was
1: smart <laughs> to start with. They said they chose him because of his superior intelligence.
0: Right, but they made him even
1: smarter. Right. And he felt even smarter. Mm-hmm. Did
0: Steve Rogers
2: just felt like. Did... Hook, I, it right for me. I mean, was the service supposed to make him smarter? I don't know. They said, they said it.
1: They said that in the movie. Now, in the original comics, it was a purely physical thing. It did right. not improve the mind at all. But in the movie, they said it increases his. Physical attributes and his intelligence. I
2: only remember him saying that about Skull. I don't remember them saying that about the Captain. No. Nope, well,
1: it's the same process.
2: Well, but different processes, similar. Well, but
1: she she perfected the yeah. the, the reason the reason it made him look like a skull mm-hmm. is because it hadn't been perfected. Right. By the time she got to America, she had perfected it. So one would think mm. it would improve upon. Like right. he should be better than Red Skull. True.
0: And said he was a lesser specimen, in my yeah. opinion. Right. And I think that's what Kevin was getting at. Is just he walked through the door and he was like, "Okay."
1: Yeah. That first fight with the Red Skull was disappointing.
0: <sighs> I mean, he got thrown all over. It, it was like he wasn't even a super soldier at all.
1: They weren't even super soldiers. Hey, he
0: so
3: super. He got superly strapped onto that freaking rocket and blasted away, and blasted up someone's ice hole. Yeah, and um, like couldn't <laughs> even like, can even break free. Like, like what's happening here? Can't
0: break free. And then, okay. I was disappointed with the dismemberment of the Red Skull. Right. Like, real talk. It's like, I cut off my own hand because I yeah. can't stop myself from going through bone. <laughs> and, and and I could accept that piece of idiocy mm-hmm. in, in this movie if it would have come back at some point later on. Like, say, for instance, if if he was going to be... I know I'm jumping ahead to the end here, but we're in spoiler territory, so deal with yeah. it. Uh but like if if at the end like he was hanging off the edge of the castle and his daughter's holding him there by the hand and the prosthetic hand comes off and he goes falling. Like if it if it was gonna be Have a payoff later for if there it. was yeah. gonna be a callback to it. Yeah.
2: Uh it felt th- needless. But mm-hmm.
0: it, it just it was it was dumb. Yeah. It, yeah. There was no point yeah. to
3: it other than just to say, Hey, we did it. I don't know if they were trying I didn't to- like they made I didn't like they made the Red Skull a sudden wuss when he cut off his hand because I'm like, dude, you're supposed to be like a tough guy. And all of a sudden you're crying and whining for your left hand cut off. I thought like... He should have just took it like a freaking samurai. just cut If, his if hand he can off. cut
1: off his own hand, why didn't he cut off Captain America's hand?
0: Well, he was trying to, but then Captain America pulled his hand back. Uh, oh, last
1: okay. Minute. I guess I missed that part. Yeah.
0: But I can tell you, as somebody who was originally supposed to be a surgical tech, it takes more than just a knife and a swift motion to cut a hand <laughs> off through your radial and ulnar bones.
3: This is a comic book movie. All realization, you know, flies out the window. You can make up whatever you want. Right. I'm just saying, Oh, my gosh. So at this point, our captain is launched
2: into uh, from America. Italy to the
1: White House. Mm-hmm. And he hacky kicks s- that rocket like a hacky sack. He's like, oh, there's a kid. <laughs> yeah. He can't rip out of his restraints, but he can kick a missile hard enough to Change the trajectory,
2: <laughs> yeah, and then
0: getting force to go to Alaska. Oh, that was another conversation no. Dallas and I had when we were watching this movie. <laughs> uh, no intercontinental ballistics, even especially back in the 1940s, that rocket did not would not have a, a, enough fuel to go from Italy to the Washington D.C. right, and then up to Alaska that thing would have lost fuel somewhere probably (laughs) over Pennsylvania, you know, and if that, (laughs) especially
3: it's a comic book (laughs) movie,
0: you know, Kevin, you can try to throw that back at me, but I'm using your logic on this end of
3: the, on this end of it. This is a comic book movie. It's all silly and stupid. I, I
1: actually, I see where Kevin's coming from though, because like I said, this is based off of a 1940s comic.
0: I know. They yeah. don't
1: care about what's plausible or what works. They're worried about what is going to make Jack Kirby draw something really awesome. Yeah. Let's yeah, include this, this, this plot American mythology. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's...
3: Oh, exactly. That little boy. Oh, my American
1: God. Mythology. How did, how how did, did I, I mean, become the Kevin be of this <laughs> episode? <laughs>
0: you want to what? I said, how did I become the Kevin of this episode?
3: Well, I don't know. <laughs> I wish I can give an answer on home <laughs>
2: Kevin's suddenly cheery
0: <laughs> <laughs> Kevin's sticking up
3: for this movie using my own logic against me and I'm bashing it with
0: the logic he usually uses
3: no I'm not sticking up for the movie I'm just telling you like I already threw out believability when I saw him wear a rubber suit I'm like okay it's all gone I feel like that it's applies to a lot of situations <laughs> it's like yeah. we am not going to go with that but anymore he and he's showing what that blue suit like yep Screw everything. This yeah. movie is, is, is this movie is what it is. Right. Yeah. I'm glad they did caption everywhere they filmed it because I would have never known this is a White House, just like I would have never known Alaska or Northern Canada or Rome or Italy because I don't know this stuff until I see them actually put the lettering on. <laughs> that helped me a lot. Yeah. To be fair, I figure I'd just let you know
2: that. We, again we talked about timing in and and where things were. They literally went from like Ohio to California in like a night, if that, maybe a 30-minute drive, it felt like. No,
0: it, it they just relabeled the same place because at one point in the beginning, they said it was Ohio. Yeah. Mm. And then when he comes back later on, because I'm assuming we're, we're going to do the time jump. Now. Yeah, yeah. When he comes back later on and then they say, oh, he's going to his girlfriend's house, it's in California because they say <laughs> Captain America is in California.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're right. What? Uh, <laughs> he was in California from the get-go. Like, he was no. always... With-
0: no. No, because at the <laughs> beginning of the movie, they said it was Ohio. At the beginning of the movie, yeah. the subtext said Ohio.
1: Are you sure? Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> I missed yes. that. I missed. that. I, I always Apparently, assume they were in California.
2: From 1940 to 1990, Ohio moved. To California, <laughs> because of all those earthquakes. That's why. And nobody told our friend Michael Minacci that. <laughs> <laughs> Michael's been living in California. The highlight this entire time. I don't hey, know Mike, why how's your
0: listening. tan going? <laughs> <laughs> but so so. There's that. Another thing that we caught by accident. I mean, just to give a peek behind the curtain, because I've I've been down here in Louisiana for a, a couple days now. Right. And Dallas and I actually were we wa- we watched this movie and we were, we're supposed to watch it. <laughs> to, we watched it together. at one point Dallas got up to uh, make some popcorn and he paused the movie right on the frame of uh, Iceman Found Alive in Alaska. Right. And we paused it there. (laughs) But when he paused it, I was reading the rest of the article. Those articles, especially on the other articles that were on there, where it yeah. was uh, Japan and France start space program, uh-huh. they had nothing to do with.
2: <laughs> like the articles were, were, it was about a murder. No, there, was, <laughs> there was a divorce hearing. There was some child stuff going on. Like that, that was nothing.
1: Th- that's the trick. They do the same thing in comic art. They, they'll grab copy from some random newspaper and stick but it was, in. It was it's hilarious
0: because like yeah. Dallas is in the kitchen making popcorn, and I'm like, yo yo, you got to come in here and look at
2: this because this is stupid. <laughs> it was it was pretty wild.
3: That's like... Uh, a you know what of- I would love to see in this movie? What? When he thawed from the ice. That he, that he would just turn it, they would turn it to John Carpenter's a Thing, and it's actually the thing that they sold out. <laughs> <laughs> so I made this comment.
0: <laughs> I made this comment when we were watching this movie. They had the big chunk that had Captain, and I'm like, oh my gosh, we're watching The Thing now, right? <laughs> and Dallas is like, what? no I'm like, have you ever never? Seen he the finally thing? comes <laughs>
3: back to the states where Kurt Russell couldn't stop him, and he becomes the president. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
0: <laughs> that would have been such a better movie. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so uh, he, he goes to California. Uh, Nazi Italian daughter goes, ch- chases him down in
3: California.
2: Yeah, I want to Kill- re- rewind real the quick.
3: supermodels. Not just one, all of them. <laughs> Everyone from GQ magazine came to chase him down.
2: I want to rewind because we, we we brought this up a little bit in in your spoiler free section. You almost went into it. the The scene in Canada where. He's dealing with Ned Beatty in the car. Oh. <laughs>
3: <laughs> they all find him at the perfect spot. Yeah. Like everyone knew exactly where he's at.
2: <laughs> I, I feel like you had issues with him in the vehicle In his response.
1: Yes. Well, see, I, it, I I liked that though. I liked, or say what, what I issues did you had like, first.
3: I did like that part when he was looking, It's like, Japan, we're at war with Japan. Germany, we're at war with Germany. He's right there looking at China. It's like, this is obviously um, a spy who's, but then again, I, you know, I guess if I was him, I was like, but maybe he's a spy in all these countries. Why, why would I assume that he's just buying everything else that we're at war with? Well, the, you know, all the the of the
1: countries he saw were Allies. members of the, the Axis powers. Yeah. So, yeah. so I can, under, that's that's the part that I thought, one of the parts that I thought he played the man out of time so well is he's sitting here seeing all these places that this is made in Germany, this was made in Japan, this was made in you know Russia or whatever, and he's like, I, I am seriously, this dude is pretending to be an American, but I'm in some kind of German prison camp thing.
2: Right, especially when you start asking those questions, but I feel like you have a very different opinion of the scene. I do. And again, it goes back to,
0: He's supposed to have super intelligence. Mm -hmm. The best he can do is I feel sick. Pull over. (laughs) Okay. Okay. That
3: makes
1: anyone sick.
0: That, that I I agree with. That was
3: any intelligent
0: individual will, would say, okay, this is all circumstantial information that I'm, that I have here. To give any credence to this individual who said who's telling me what he's telling me, I should talk more and try to find a flaw with what he is saying,
4: mm-hmm.
0: because if I go based off of my own knowledge to, tr- to find credibility in a story that I am out of time, then I'm going to be only biasing my own perception. So I have to use the information that's being given to me at this moment from this individual. That's my only credible resource and if I can find a flaw in it. But, of course, the super intelligence was uh, on par with the accuracy of the stormtroopers in Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) And so as a result, we have Superman going, until thick, come over. (laughs) (laughs) If he
1: he really thought the guy was a Nazi spy, there were there were ways he could have gotten out of there without feigning sickness.
3: Right. He or, was using his standard American education system. Okay. But he,
0: he <laughs> was supposed to be beyond that is the point I'm yeah. saying.
2: Yeah. I get that. I appreciated the context clues. Like what said. Cause again, he's freshly thought out. He's running around. He has no idea what's going on. He's been running in the wilderness for, well, apparently it was a, it was a quick jog from the frozen tundra to Canada. Right. Um, and then context closing, okay, Germany, Japan. And then all of a sudden, Beatty's asking these questions of, that, that that would lead to too much information for any spy to have. I, mean, I get that, but I can see where you're going from. Like, why didn't he... But again, that goes back to my conversation of, I don't think this was meant to be a movie. I think mm-hmm. it's supposed to be a pilot. Uh,
0: I don't know. And then what also irks me is just... How wasted Ned Beatty was in this movie,
2: yeah. Yeah, he was short in it. Like, there were like what three scenes with them. I mean, that he had like a total runtime of like maybe five minutes. Yeah,
0: it, it just felt like they had him in the movie just to say they could have that they had him in this movie.
1: That might have legitimately been the reason, though. Like, 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 you know, look, we've got this famous actor in here because he was. He was the only one that was really big name at the time, wouldn't he?
0: Even still, he's a big name.
1: Yeah. So, so I, I, I would, I would argue that that might've been the point. He was in there just long enough to say, Hey, he's in this movie.
4: hmm
2: You know. All right. So Captain makes me, this is, this is one of my other issues I have with Kevin. He, he did not believe he was in the future until he got to his old girlfriend's house Mm-hmm. <laughs> after he saw her old mm-hmm. <laughs> after he's like oh your daughter's kind of cute <laughs> after he's traveled across the nation and seen everything here and then he watches videotapes <laughs> <laughs> because if it's on tv it, it must, must be, be true. real <laughs> he's like whoa yeah. a, everything's true
1: But now I did like his reactions when he first gets back to Ohio, California, Uh, (laughs) you know, like he's, he's at the pier. He sees his name carved in that piece of wood. That's aged. You know, he sees the, the goth people on the beach asking for a cigarette and he's like, what the heck am I looking at? Right. He runs by the lady in the swimsuit. There's like, why are you outside dressed like that? Like, He, that that was, that was one of the things that I liked about it is that he is so confused for most of that time. He's seeing things that are completely foreign to him Mm -hmm. and that I liked, like, I feel like they spent more time doing that with this version of captain America than the MCU captain America. I'll give you that in the MCU captain America, he's shocked and wild on Times square in New York. And then when you see him again, he's acclimated. He's like, "Okay, I'm good." You know.
0: Can we can we can we talk about Dollar Store Meg Ryan? Okay.
2: <laughs> Please bring it up. Okay, so but it has to be a dollar. None of this like 99 cent extras that chat.
3: Yeah, because remember Dollar Store is now a dollar 25, so you better get this right, okay? This is
2: 1990. It's a $1. dollar. Yeah. All right, continue. I'm so
0: confused. <laughs> 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 it's <work. laughs> Okay, so anyway, so like real talk, he get he makes it to Bernie's house and he sees Bernie old. He's still the same age. Bernie's hooked up with some other guy after she told him before he left. I'll wait for you forever. Lies. Um, Again, we give her a pass for that. I don't. I don't. Forever <laughs> means forever. Um, <laughs>
3: like, I don't trust women when they say forever. I know what their time limit is. You know, so. and, and you know what? I,
0: to, to that, I would say, and I am not a chauvinist pig when it comes to that. Like I, if, I, if I was in love with a woman and that, that happened to me and she was in her 60s and I was still in my 20s, I would still chase her because you're in love with the person, not with the body. Yeah, now, you know now, that that, that I can give you because
1: she did specify, I always knew you were alive. She never really believed he was dead. So that means at some point she was thinking he's alive, but I want kids. So I don't care. Mm. So, so that that I will give you.
0: So then we have her daughter, which is dollar store Meg Ryan, because that's who she was designed to look like. In there and being like with the worst acting, just like golly gee, and you know Captain America, the biggest dope in the movie. Of course, is turned on by her brainlessness, and so he's just like, hey, your mom's taken, so you'll
1: do.
3: <laughs> and that's how hey, that. I see a ring on that finger. What you been doing lately?
1: <laughs> her character's name was Sharon. Was that supposed to be a reference to Sharon Carter? I don't know. Was that just? I
2: wondered the same thing actually. And so all I all
0: I can think of is just like, you know, she's his silver medal, you know, <laughs> you're just like eh, you weren't my first pick, but you're good enough, you know. They still play
3: those Ivan Rot- Casilla movies. Let's go watch it down for a nickel and dime.
0: <laughs> you're 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 a ge- you're a genetic facsimile, so I guess I can have you in her place.
2: Right. Now, Bryson, you're you're the resident comic book expert. Does Captain America get it get into a relationship with Peggy's? with his love interest because I don't think Peggy was the original name with his love interest in the comics his love interest is daughter in the comics
1: uh I don't think I don't know if it was her daughter or her niece but he had he does get into love interest with Sharon Carter aging 13 mm-hmm. that they have a romance mm-hmm. um and it continues throughout most of the comic book history I mean he has flings with other people I mean that because that's yeah, you know, comic a comic, comic book books. man
3: he gets he gets a relationship with everyone he right. relationship with but on, there is a there on is on an the, ongoing like widow.
1: Yeah, there is an ongoing uh, relationship with Sharon Carter, Carter, mm-hmm. um, which is one of the issues I have with MCU's version. But that's for a different story. Um,
2: <laughs> so this is a this is an accurate thing. Yeah, as, as ridiculous as it felt the way they did it, because again, it was just so fast. It was mm-hmm. just like I've been frozen for forty years, but I feel like it was right. yesterday. Hey, yeah. like it just How like are you doing like they didn't set up the romance at all. And like at the end of the movie. Like they're like we're so in love, which I guess we're taking tips from de- a fatal deviation, throw bullets at us, and then we fall in love. Is that yeah. what's
1: happening here? It's 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 a traumatic relationship. You know, it's like a was it speed?
2: speed? Yeah, you and me were on the
0: same page. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. You, you go through a traumatic event, so you're instantly you know in love for life.
3: Absolutely. See, that's all you need is that is that picnic basket, that blanket, a bottle of wine, and loads of
0: fruit, and you're you know ready what? for update. I think we can. I think we can fix the divorce pandemic within the United States.
2: Oh, Jesus! <laughs> I'm afraid. The bottom shelf does not endorse violence towards married people.
0: Just change the ceremony a little bit and start. Everybody brings a 22 to oh the ceremony.
1: <laughs> and they
0: have, to, they have to say their
1: vows while dodging bullets. You took the phrase shotgun wedding a little bit too seriously.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the bottom shelf does not endorse any of the actions that John just said. <laughs> But the dapperman approves. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he said hate mail to you dapperman?
1: Know, <laughs> you know, I, I really feel like, and this may have been another uh, pacing thing, but the other husband. Mm-hmm. I feel like there could have been a whole thing there about my wife's boyfriend from before my time shows up looking like he hasn't aged a day. And I see my wife swooning over her and. and how does that make me feel? It's like, um, have y'all seen the Age of Adeline? No, no. Um, in that movie, you've got a a lady who doesn't age, mm. and she has a fling with this guy, and they're very much in love. And then she leaves, accidentally bumps into him years later. He's, you know, older with his wife at the time, and his wife sees how he reacts to her and gets jealous. It's like, what's the deal? You know, what's going on? I feel like they could have dove into that a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it was just all he did was sit there, have a mean face and then die later. That's all he did.
0: Yeah. I think you and me are kind of tapping on the same thing here because when I saw that scene, I didn't say nothing during the movie, but I wanted to look over at Dallas. I'm like, how cool would you be if, you know, Celeste's, Ex boyfriend showed up. You know, you're fifty, early, late fifties, early sixties, and he shows up, and he's still in his like twenty three year old body, right? And you watch your wife go, Ooh.
1: yeah.
2: To be fair, Celeste's ex boyfriend is not somebody she's a fan of. I'm,
0: but, point, <laughs> point of reference though. It, yeah, you, I got you. I got you. I mean, it's just like as the husband, my first reaction would be like, y'all need to get out of here. Yeah. yeah. There is no reason for you to be here. There is nothing here for you. Yeah. Yeah. And instead, he's just this guy in this movie. He's just like, hey, my wife's taken. Take my daughter instead.
1: Right. Yeah. He, he I'm going to go sit on the chair and read my newspaper.
0: He pulls. He pulls. He pulls a lot. Yeah. He, I'm here for your wife. Well, take my daughter instead.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, did did they try it? To me, when I watched it, it tr- seemed like they tried to set it up where Steve knew this guy. Like this was almost like an Al Simmons issue where he knew the guy.
1: I I thought for a second that maybe he was one of the other people that were in the house. Yes,
2: that's that's the feeling I got when it, So that for yeah. me it was a, you're back and it's the it's the awkwardness of like, I, I married your girl, yeah. And, but we waited at like to me I I again stuff that I wish had been more clear, cleared, cleared up and fleshed out,
1: yeah, in a TV series. Didn't they do that in the Ultimate Run of comics? Didn't uh, Bucky in the in the Ultimate comics when they rebooted everything mm-hmm. the early two thousands? Didn't Bucky marry Peggy?
2: I think Bucky died in the forties in the Ultimates.
1: No, he was uh he was an old man because Steve found him. He was like an ancient guy when he f- first thought out. I don't I, I, I want to say I, I think it was that situation yeah. it was we both were missing you and we found a love for each other we comforted each other and then we married each other you may be right. we were pretending to marry you <laughs> I'll have to go back and look at that but that would have made that a better scene I think if it had been an old friend that married his old girlfriend and then you know a lot that could have added to that
2: totally totally so He's back from outer space.
0: I just walked in to see that sad look on your face. I should have changed <laughs> that stupid lock. I should have thrown away the key if I had ever known that you would be back here again for me. So go on, go, go out the
2: door. Sorry, that's right. So he's back. I
1: don't know the words, Red. I'm sorry. <laughs> I,
2: so, what did we think of of casual President Bush? <sighs>
1: <laughs>
3: i thought that was jimmy carter but yeah we can go yeah push. he
2: looked a lot like jimmy carter yeah he kind of did
3: Real talk
2: there <laughs> yeah. but like just i'm sitting there going like you, you guys know me i'm a very casual individual mm-hmm. like at my church i wear jeans and a t-shirt because i can't i'll dress up if i need to but i can't and so i do i'm going why is the president wearing jeans and boots and
1: I, I I think I can speak to that
3: because he's an all American president. Okay, I, I think mm-hmm. I
1: think that's the point though. Is when when we see him as a kid, he is so excited about being in Washington D.C. that he can't sleep, mm-hmm. and he sneaks out to take pictures of the of the White House. Mm-hmm. Uh, he when we when we first see him as the president, he's giving a speech on, "I'm about to make decisions that a lot of people aren't going to like, but I'm going to make them anyway because it's the right thing." Right, you know, he has that conversation with the, uh, the the general, and he says, "Hey, if you're here to make a deal, go buy a used car." I, I, you know, <laughs> they they were painting him up as the all American president, mm-hmm. and what's more all American than wearing jeans? Right. I mean, seriously, he didn't even have a tie on. I think that was the idea: is they were painting him as not the aristocrat, not as the politician, the no nonsense. We're going to do this because it's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- that they wanted a president that people would actually like because he's going to be teaming up with Captain America. Mm. And so they wanted it's some all It's a good thing he told him to go
3: buy a used car because that's all people could afford today. It's like he's predicting the future. <laughs> you can't afford a used car anymore.
1: <laughs> We're
2: walking. <laughs> <laughs> so what, the, the, the aspect of the president, though, that whole... Kidnap the president and move on. That all felt really rushed to me, mm-hmm. and like honestly,
0: there was no thought process behind it. I I think the whole "I'm the president now, uh, save the environment policy, kidnap him and put a implant a mind control implant into him." It all just felt like a MacGuffin to get mm-hmm. to the end, right? Really,
1: you, you know what that whole thing reminded me of? If you if you took out a star-spangled costume and replace that outfit with a tuxedo, James it, Bond. it felt very James Bondish. Yeah, Yeah,
2: a little bit. I can know. see that. So, well, let's, let's jump towards the end. Because, uh, again, we've we talked about the, the weird time jumps, and and now they're in Italy, and um, and they're they're finding the Red Skull, who now has flesh, which that must have been some amazing plastic surgery to put flesh on bone he crossed he crossed over to uh sam Raimi's
0: dark man <laughs>
2: <laughs> thank you for that reference yeah. nobody was,
0: knows We're gonna find bruce is.
1: campbell was it plastic surgery or was it makeup
0: it was plastic surgery pa- yeah he said, he, he, had said plastic. he had extensive plastic surgery You also uh. noticed that his uh irises were a normal color oh right well. right right
4: yeah
2: <laughs> extensive <laughs> so um but even still, I'm like, I feel like you could have filled in the cracks a little bit. I mean, there's some caulking glue in the back. We just fill that in, <laughs> yeah. S- smooth out that face. I feel like his even, face was smoother when it was poofy. Even
0: still, yeah. I to be perfectly honest, I think, I think that when they gave him the more human look mm-hmm. later on in the movie, I think it sold the evil. It did a lot yes. more than like, like say for instance, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to reference another movie here. How did either, of, did any of you guys see uh, Punisher war zone? Yes. I missed that one.
3: The key. The Kevin, key, did you see it? What? No, no, um, no. Nah. Uh,
0: the key, the the big bad at the end of that was, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this villain, but jigsaw. Yes. Um, and, the way they did, he did the makeup in this movie was so ridiculous. I couldn't take him seriously. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think if I was looking at that red makeup, that red skull mask, the entire time of this movie, I wouldn't be able to take red skull Mm. seriously. Mm. I, he felt more evil to me with, with the more human look and it, it sold so much better, especially with that. I mean, that guy was a phenomenal actor for that part Like he was the best person for that part and honestly I think he probably could have done a better job in the Chris Evans movie than uh,
3: Agent Smith Hugo Weaving whatever (laughs) you you can't even pronounce a man's name or something I don't know his name to pronounce it (laughs)
0: because honestly I don't care I know him as Agent Smith and that guy from Rivendale (laughs) me for Vendetta I he wasn't
3: in V for
1: Vendetta. He did Vendetta. Three Musketeers. he was.
0: Didn't, he which, was in which, he, V. Was he? Smith, he, was v. he was V for... He was the main
1: character. Oh, seriously? He was V. Yes. Wow. Okay, I missed that. <laughs> uh,
0: I, didn't, I didn't watch V for Vendetta, so I couldn't. Yeah, I forgot. You don't like good movies.
2: So we're know. talking about this movie right here. <laughs> and... Uh, you. So the... The, the wrap-up. Let's, let's, let's bring this down to a close. The final fight scene. This, this was supposed to be the 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 grand finale, the final fight between Captain America. It's the final countdown. And the Red Skull. What did we think about it? I mean, were we all just on the edge of our seats? No. No. Going back popcorn, excited and screaming, yes,
0: America! Man,
1: it, it, it felt like it just deflated.
0: I got interrupted in the middle of that scene by a phone call.
1: <laughs> yeah, you did.
0: I was on
3: the edge of my seat taking a nap.
1: <laughs> I, I just, for one thing, I feel like they could have developed the whole, like throughout the whole movie, they're trying to figure out the Red Skull's real name. And when they finally figure it out and they had this recording of what happened to him when he was a kid. Which, how did that thing work perfectly?
2: Like it was like a clean no recording. Dust. Yeah like perfect I, this thing it's a p it's a tape from 1940 <laughs> that survived a building falling on it hey, I got a VHS that sound like trash right but, now and this guy's like it's like high
1: definition because they needed to be able to hear it <laughs> to recognize it to play it so that he will recognize it <laughs> wait, wait. for reasons unknown I'm I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna save Kevin the effort
0: it's the 1990s. You know, it's, it, it was beyond, yeah. it's, it's, it's American mythology.
3: <laughs> it's a comic book movie. <laughs> yeah. That's I, how just... I was able to play his music blast loud with a three inch speaker. Oh, because John Cusack wasn't around to play it. Oh, and l- you want to talk about music.
0: Can we talk about dollar store Bob Seeger in this movie? <laughs> I, I that was Randy I'll... Newman. What are you talking about? No, 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 no. I'm talking about throughout this movie, they kept playing that one song by Ivan What's His Face.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the Randy Newman song he's like, I saw sing and I play the piano. What could I see a truck? <laughs> no, he would,
0: like Dallas will testify. Every time they started playing that song on this movie, I started singing Against the Wind. Every time. <laughs> and it worked. <laughs>
2: against the Wind
3: <laughs> is a great song. We How's against, against the, the wind, wind. wind. It made the movie better. <laughs>
2: we were running against the, the wind. wind. John's singing made it better. In fact, we need. I want to advocate for a live viewing of this movie. And John just redo the entire soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> that, can, that would be fun. I can guarantee you there would be a Scorpion song <laughs> in that first scene. <laughs> Captain American shows up. so so we're all pretty underwhelmed with the final fight yes
0: but the scenery was fantastic it was a beautiful scenery
2: i thought artistically things were laid out
0: nicely my my biggest issue with that final fight is through the whole entire fight throughout the castle before they get to the top red skulls just shooting machine gun at him he's putting up his shield and running into the fire trying to catch
2: up with him not just that running away with bullets at his back with his shield in front. Right. Can we talk about that scene? Do you guys remember this? He's he's running with the president. Mm -hmm. President's in front of him. He has his shield up in front of his face, and the gunshots are coming from behind him. What is he doing? He's looking cool. Like, he's not protecting the president, which is his job. Right. He's not protecting himself. He's just like... Running against the wind. Yeah, I, mean, I
1: didn't understand why the president led the way if he's the guy with the shield. Right.
2: I I'd, mean, <laughs> I would get it if
1: the shield was on the
2: back. Uh-huh. Like, he's like, I'm keeping you safe, Mr. President. Right. You know, Secret Service style. No, they're like, let's go for a jog, guys. <laughs> so Captain America was Captain Wuss in this
0: movie. You about? <laughs> You're not kidding. But getting back to the point I was making, though. Sorry. No, it's fine. Uh, he, So he, through he's running throughout this castle after Red Skull. Into direct fire from him, then Red Skull gets out on top of the castle, turns around, starts shooting the machine gun at him when he's at the doorway, and suddenly he's afraid to go out. Yeah. <laughs> and can we talk about the limitless amount of bullets that the Red Skull has?
2: Right. I mean, you, once the, again, comic book movie. The NRA's angry at, at clips today. What about in 1990? What <laughs> was happening then? It's like.
0: Like okay so everybody knows IDM for a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Right. Yeah. It's like he had clips of holding. Is what it is. <laughs> is what it was. Is that's all it was. Is it was just he right. had a clip of holding and he slapped that in there and he's good to go for ages. It I I I don't know. I'm offended by the gun usage at the end of
1: this
3: movie.
2: <laughs> Have we had a movie where you're not
3: offended by the gun usage? Nah, not yet. Okay. <laughs> I don't get offended about gun things in movies because I know it's all fake anyway. So just like everything else in this movie, I will say you know reaction, I tell you, the president I, and the girl was much more of a Captain America than Captain America was just in their bravery. They actually fought yeah. back. They had, I mean, yeah, they, caught cop, they got captured, but they were, they were fighting back while Captain America was like, oh, got to run away yeah. from this situation.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they both have this whole let's do whatever we can for Captain America just for Captain America to kind of mess it up.
3: Yeah, he's like, I run away. He was running away more than O.J. Simpsons from the police. Oh, Oh, oh. wait, wait. His his outfit was red, white,
0: and blue. Maybe he was in the wrong movie. Maybe this was Captain France.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Go to action. We surrender. All right. (laughs) I want to wrap this up with a conversation about the ending scene. That beautiful shot where he turns around, and it's just like this picturesque, like, staring into the wind. With his costume, uh, because his costume makes him look cross eyed. Yeah. The entire time. So it's like, I'm victorious. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
3: happy. (laughs) After he decapitates that girl. (laughs) (laughs) Heads up.
2: Heads up. (laughs) That was terrible, man. Oh my gosh. All right. Because
3: I was thinking, like, he decapitated her. They didn't show blood or anything else, but you knew exactly what happened. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Oh my gosh. All right. Any final spoiler? full filled thoughts before we continue on with the podcast
3: this movie was not made for children it says (laughs) in the vhs for children exciting adventure for children of all ages like yeah bull crap (laughs) well here's the thing this movie was not
0: made for children who would have appreciated a captain america movie and it definitely was not made for adults who would have needed something a little bit more just something more than what was provided in this movie so I mean, really this movie was made for nobody. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. Well, it was okay. made for people who's trying to escape from someone for like a good ninety-five minutes or something. Right. <laughs> and, and the thing about it is I saw that like I said,
0: I saw this when I was nine and I really enjoyed it as a nine year old. So right. maybe you have to be at an age where reality doesn't matter.
2: Yeah. Well, what's let's, let's jump into our final Final rating. What do we guys think individually? Branson, can you define our rating system for
1: people? Absolutely. All right. Here on the bottom shelf, we have a rating system to classify our movies. First, we have the top shelf. Top shelf ratings are movies that we have no clue why they're rated poorly. We think they're wonderful, and we think everyone should watch them. Then we have the middle shelf. Middle shelf means uh, we kind of see why maybe the critics didn't like it, but it's not as bad as people remember. And you should have this to watch every once in a while, just for a just for a laugh, or just to remember, or if you're feeling nostalgic. It's 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 not great, but it's not as bad as it could be. Bottom shelf is, yep, this is as bad as the critics said it was. (laughs) It's absolutely bad. The only people that watch this are either want to see what not to do or it's some kind of cult following thing where they check their brains at the door. (laughs) And then at the very bottom, we have the dumpster fire. The dumpster fire is reserved for movies who no human being should ever have to see, ever.
3: Ever.
2: Dark Star looking at you. You shut your mouth. (laughs) Excuse me.
3: Good thing Dark Star everyone died at the end.
2: I still like Dark Star. Thank you very much. You're welcome to have it. All right. Well, let's jump into our ratings. We're going to start over here with uh, Mr. Kevin. So what are your words, man? Words. Okay. So Kevin said words. (laughs) So Kevin has voted top shelf. <laughs> i'm gonna make sure to put that on social media <laughs> so again what's your rating uh,
3: quote? this movie, um, I, I i want i want to throw in the fire so freaking bad yeah yeah i just i was bored and i was it was lame it was dumb but it had some value to it but what was the value it to is, it? It, it, it the value to it was um Crap, now I'm forgetting. Maybe I should have in the fire. <laughs> Maybe there wasn't that much value. Yeah. only value I could think from it was um, then starting off with a superhero movie. Like, they're trying, even though DC was succeeding at these movies before they switched around. Um, That is true. I, I pretty, Yeah, because it's like, when you start off, DC was doing great. The only thing Marvel had going for it at the time was... Um Incredible Hulk. I'm trying to think. Even the Incredible Hulk television movies were doing better than others. The only thing and you look at DC, DC had the um the Batman, then it had Wonder Woman, they
0: had Superman
3: and Superman, which did Superman, phenomenal for the first two films, and people still Superman had have
2: fallen enough. off by that point though. Yeah.
3: Yeah, when it hit Richard Pryor, then it started falling off. Yeah. Pretty much like Richard Pryor falling to a wheelchair. That might be on Anyways. another
2: episode of, of the bottom shelf later.
3: <laughs> um, yeah, and people are going um after Swamp Thing, even though they keep screwing up Swamp Thing too. They do. Yeah. So, so where are you putting um, this, man? Because now you got I me mean, guessing. I'm not sure where you're going with this now. Crap, I'm trying to decide. I really haven't decided. and That was the bad thing because I was trying to debate: to throw in the fire, I just put it on the bottom shelf. It's like. Right between, it's like I tell it's, what, got, it's one
2: or the other. You met you marinate on that. We'll go around the table and we'll come back to you. Okay. I'm going to do mine, and I'm going to say this film is a bottom shelf film. Um, it is a bad film. I will pull it out to laugh at it and uh, to have some nostalgic memories. I own it somewhere in my house. Um, but it's definitely not one. I'm like, oh my gosh, we've got to watch this. It was low production. It if they tell me it was meant to be a TV pilot, I'm all about it. But it's just not, and um, and I, I try. You guys know I me. Mean? I try to give a lot of allowances for the '90s and for stuff like that. Um, it's it. This is the type of movie I want for the bottom shelf. As far as the show, uh, these are like when I think about bottom shelf films. These are the type of films I think about, and um, this is a bottom shelf film. Like, I feel like this is the poster child for Bottom Shelf, in my opinion. So, uh, Mr. Haryu.
0: Yeah. Okay. I walked into this movie with a lot of nostalgia for the first time that I saw it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I can remember where I was when I saw it. I can, If I close my eyes, I can still smell the smells and feel like I'm in that room again. And you know the excitement that was behind it that said it didn't live up to my expectations yeah this this time around but if i've learned anything from doing this show it's that going in with the expectations but then revisiting it with a blank slate i'm always going to end up coming back with a different experience um that said i didn't hate this movie enough to to purge it from existence mm mm-hmm. Um, and I started asking myself, you know, I, I didn't hate this movie. There were parts I enjoyed. I really enjoyed the villain in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, would I show that? And I had to ask myself, would I show this to anybody or would it just sit in my collection? And if the right person came along that was into comic book movies or that was into comic books, who was not aware of this movie, the first thing I would do is pull it up, pull it out and say, Hey, have you seen this old movie? Oh, that's that a good point. It's hard to find. Hmm. Um, because I would do that because there would be a mutual interest there. And I believe that watching that movie, watching this movie with somebody who has that interest, who will be able to either enjoy it based off of that interest or enjoy it in a way where you're finding the inaccuracies or the stupidity of it. That it's just like, that's not how it should have been. Right. Um, cause there's a, there, there's still an amount of, enjoyment you can find in doing that in much in the same way that you watch a movie like plan nine from outer space Mm -hmm. um you know i would have to put it on the middle
2: shelf you know you're making a great point there and i I wasn't thinking about it from the idea of 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 bringing <laughs> Branson's over here telegraphing us <laughs> uh, Branson is already lighting the a barbecue for some reason and so
1: <laughs> I'm but, happy I'm just happy <laughs> I'm just so happy
2: the The idea of bringing somebody over if it's somebody who's a comic I got it because I am a comic book fan mm-hmm. um, because it is his, I'm trying to decide, discern myself if I got it because more nostalgia reasons or not because I get those kind of films um I don't know. Let me. I may change my mind here in a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. Branson, so bottom shelf, right. cool. So Kevin,
1: <laughs> no, no, no. Back that <laughs> up. Back that up.
2: Now, before you do this, yes, I want you to ponder your ideas also of the venom.
1: Yes. No. Actually, I, I gave a lot of thought to that. Right. Walking into this because okay. I, I, like I said at the beginning of the show, I feel like I gave venom an unfair shake. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted to see Spider-Man and right. they didn't deliver on Spider-Man. And so it colored my entire view of that movie. Right. So I purposefully tried to suspend what I know about Captain America as a comic book character going into it and not play comparisons to, to just see it for what it was. It is not a perfect movie. It is not a movie that is good for the sake of being a good movie. Sometimes superhero movies, or I know we don't like that term, sometimes movies based on comic books are good movies in and of themselves, e- e- even if you don't know they're based on a comic book. Sure. They're just good on their own right. This is not one of those movies.
2: Right. Which, I want to—I didn't put this out there. Mm. When I first saw this movie, I had no premise of Captain America as uh, a child. This was my first exposure to Captain America. Same.
1: See, I, I had checked out the original captain America comics from my public school library. Cause they had them in a collected edition nice. and I read them when I was in like the second grade. So yeah. I, I actually walked into this knowing about dude, your captain school was cool. Yeah, it was cool. They had captain America, the Hulk, fantastic four, Spider-Man. I can't remember if they didn't have Avengers. They had when captain America showed up in the Avengers. Mm. Uh, but anyhow, so that's, You know, I I walked in first time I saw it, even in in 92, when my sister was born, I already knew about Captain America. But this movie is not a good movie in its own right. But when I watch a movie, I like the escapism.
4: Mm -hmm. I'm
1: not sitting there trying to figure out, well, would that really work in the real world? Mm. Does that make sense? Now, obviously, if stuff's just completely off the wall, you know, but like... uh. Does it make sense that a ballistic missile could leave Italy almost scoop by that White House and end up in Alaska? I didn't take the time to think about that. Mm-hmm. I surrender myself to the story. Mm-hmm. Um was I entertained by this movie? Yes, mm. I was. Um, were there things about this movie that I thoroughly enjoyed? Yes, there was. There are things that that as a writer I probably would have done differently. Mm -hmm. Uh, talking about the the pacing, you know, there are parts that I would have shortened up parts. I would have cut out altogether and parts I would have added in that I think would have made the story more complete. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said before, I feel like the only thing that made this a comic book movie was the fact that the protagonist had a colorful costume. Mm -hmm. You could replace the rubber suit with a tuxedo and you'd get a very cool James Bond movie, you know, because the red skull, the way they played him up, I half expected him to have a white cat in his hand. You know, he had that, (laughs) he had that refined menace vibe. Yeah. You know, Um, I kind of prepared myself to not like it. realizing that the last time I saw it, I was eight years old Mm -hmm. and actually had a lot of fun watching it. Really? I did. I liked it a lot better than I expected to. Um, I think this is one of those. Uh, John, like like you were talking about, for people who are pure comic book fans and they enjoy playing comparisons and see how they interpret different things, uh, I enjoy that. So I'm going to put this on the middle shelf. I I think this is a middle shelf movie. I think it is something that uh, I would keep in my collection and pull out and watch if I had the right person at my house or if Mm -hmm. I was feeling nostalgic. Um, I... You know, I, I think that this movie did some things, maybe even better than the MCU movie, right? Uh, as far as plot and things like that. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on the middle shelf. All right, cool beats.
2: All right, Kevin, what is your final rating, my dude? Um,
3: I try to think about if I was entertained. The one thing I was entertained by was the um Scott Pollan. Pauline, the one who played Vetskull, he mm-hmm. was the one person that actually had me um, a bit entertained. But that's right. I'm trying to think like how how else was I entertained? Nothing else really entertained me. The music sucked. The edits was complete rubbish. The storytelling was quite awful. It was rushed. Acting was bad. I mean, we review bad movies, and I try to find something that's actually fun. There wasn't really too much fun. I mean, yeah. I guess they jost around the idea, but I, I, it's not horrible. It's not like complete utter rubbish. I like to burn it because I'm, I'm starting to think it. So I guess I put in the bottom shelf. All right. Because cool. it's just I cannot find any reason why I would put it near the middle shelf because it's just it is pretty bad. Right. But I, I have to put it on the bottom shelf. Oh, man. All right, Dallas.
2: Okay.
0: No, he's given his rating. We don't need to try to bully him into No,
2: the- no, it's not a bully because you, you brought up some valid points that um, that I hadn't thought about. At the same time, I, I trying to rest on it on its own merits. And like I enjoyed watching it when we watched it together. And that's the thing is I, I, I legitimately enjoy it. Well, I'm not pulling it out, though, for any other reason than when I'm with people. And so I'm trying to decide, does that warrant it being a middle shelf film? I
0: don't think so. I mean, it, I I think like I would watch this movie by myself every so often. And mm-hmm. I think yeah. Branson would be in the same boat. Absolutely. If the only reason why you're pulling it out is to show it to somebody else and not for your own. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think bottom shit. And, and yeah. th- this is me going against my own rating. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I, legit here. If you think if, if, if I think that you rated it appropriately from your from your own from your own definition, right? Because you know, would you watch it yourself? No, but if there was somebody else, maybe mm-hmm. Th- that sounds like a bottom shelf to me. Yeah, w- would yeah. I would watch agree. It? Whereas the difference between me and Branson is, we would probably watch it by ourselves every so often. If yeah. we are you know, if you're home sick from work, you know, and yeah. Bob Barker's not on uh, <laughs> The Price is Right anymore. <laughs> All
2: right. So, well, then we're gonna. I'm gonna go rate this as a bottom shelf. And so what that means is. Uh, going into the devoted geek life, there will be a uh, a rating for it. Uh, <laughs> Kevin's, Kevin's
4: reading the Infinity War. <laughs> so,
2: but uh, uh, there will be a poll asking the the the, community in the devoted geek life what is their rating for this film, how do they see it, and that will be the final rating will come up at the end of this episode. So, uh, it's disputed. Hopefully, we get a good answer soon, and it won't be like last time we did this, and I had to do a special episode because I forgot.
4: Do, 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 do,
3: do. Oh, phone's ringing. Hang on. Hey, Dallas. How's it going, man? Yeah, I've just been on the bottom shelf's page, refreshing for like the last hour, waiting for the final rating
1: post. Wh- what? You forgot. But you promised you weren't gonna this time. Hey, no worries, man. It's all good. So next week, there's going to be a
3: special broadcast with the actual final rating of Captain America. And you're serious this time. Sounds good. Then I'll tune into the bottom shelf next week and keep my eye out for that. Don't leave me hanging again, though. So, <laughs> I
1: swear to
3: everything that I on, I'm going to lose my mind if we do another freaking episode this Monday.
2: That's funny. All right, let's jump. We're gonna jump to our next section. So we're gonna play our week connection bumper that John loves so much.
0: Come on, Matt.
2: This is a week! Alright, welcome to the Weak Connection portion of the show where we uh, we try to bring some redemption to some films that sometimes we feel like are unredeemable and uh, bring a weak connection of encouragement and, and inspiration and people, p- pointing people back to some hope. And uh, so, uh, I got a weak connection. Do you guys have one? Any of you guys? Yes, I do, actually. I do not.
1: Okay, Kevin, you got nope. one? No? Okay. Branson? Nope. Alright, my weak connection one of the things I appreciated about this movie is that it has good old fashioned American patriotism. It was made back in the day where it was cool. It was supported. It was looked on with, with a positive light to be, you know, red, white, and blue pro America. And not just in the world war II bits, uh we talked about the the President and how he was the all American president. He was making decisions because they were the right thing to do, and he was you know wearing his jeans in the Oval Office, that kind of thing right. It was very, very uplift, feel good yay America type stuff mm-hmm. and that reminds me of uh the Bible verse and the reference escapes me. At the moment, forgive me, but it's the verse that says, whatever is good, whatever is pure, whatever is holy, whatever is uh, beneficial, think on these things. Sure. Um, And what I liked about this movie is that the villains were very much a cynical world's going apart anyway. We're going to, you know, we're going to keep it the way we like it, kill people off, keep people in misery because we benefit from it. Mm hmm. And then you have Captain America and this president who believe in ideals, right? believe in good for good's sake, you know, and that was celebrated in this movie. And I feel like as, as a follower of Christ, of course, you know, we always want to be realistic. Yeah. I don't ever want to have a pie in the sky, head up in the clouds. I'm not looking at the real world and the real world is terrible. It really is. Right. At the same time, because of our faith in Christ, because we have hope in Christ, Mm. we have the ability to be optimistic. We can be idealistic because we believe in a God who created the ideal world. Right. We messed it up, but it was there. We believe in a God who will one day take us to an ideal place, that being heaven. Word. So for people who follow Christ, we are like Captain America and President Kimball, was that his name? Uh, President Kimball, who have this idealistic view of the world. The world can be better. The world should be better. Mm. And we're going to take steps to make it better. Right. And that that that's my weak connection, is we should draw that, that positive outlook, that idealistic view, and mm. recognize that if we truly believe in a God who is good, then these are the things we should th- focus on. These are the things we should think about. It's good. I like it. I like it.
2: So for me, I was... Um up kind of similar along the lines was that the whole inspiration thing you see uh cap whenever he hacky sacks the rocket from hitting the little kid Um, uh, that stuck with the kid and it stirred something up now the kid already had some patriotism he always had something to but that stirred something i was like this is a a thing and it inspired him to years later and in fact there was this joy the of just rolled out of when he finally got to see captain america and uh, simple act Cap didn't have to do that he's trapped to a rocket it could be like kid's dead sorry hate that for you I can't break the rope and I can't hacky sack the rocket he could have done that but he didn't he was intentional about helping this kid out and throughout the entire thing he's trying to be intentional to inspire people Captain America is meant to inspire America that's what he was to begin with was an inspiration and in my just come kind of my connection versus um I think it's in James. I don't have it pulled up, but it's the um, "Let us be uh, stir up each other to love and to good works." This is an essential aspect to the Christian walk, to uh, our life, and the and the kind of the vocabulary. There, it's not just a matter of stirring each other. It's like intentional. Let's be intentional. About encouraging each other, intentional about stirring us up to to love, to to loving each other, to love other people, to to you know when we see somebody that's down, to go hey let me let me encourage you in this moment, but also to do works, to do good works. So go, hey, you know what are you doing, man? What you got going on here? You know we uh, recently Kevin uh, drove out of his way. He was going to see some friends, and he went out of his way to go help an aunt who just need to put some stuff together, and that's that's great. That inspired me seeing that Kevin had done that. You know, and and you guys do different things. You help your community, you help your family, and stuff like that. That's inspiring. Me to go, I should go out and do stuff. And we need to be intentional about about doing it. Now, there's a whole thing about people like you know, let me post a picture of me doing something good. We're not talking about doing that. If it happens, it happens. But we need to be intentional about stirring each other up because we don't know the lasting impact. Something small can last for for decades. In the movie, caps. Willingness to save this kid's life let out to be apparently one of the greatest presidents they had had in this universe. And what can our being intentional just take five minutes to encourage somebody and inspire them? How can that change the future? So that's my weak connection. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I think that's a wrap. At the end of the, uh, the credits here in a second, you're going to hear the final rating of the show. Uh, so let's uh, wrap things up. Branson, how can people find you?
1: They can find me occasionally on Calm Talk, where I have a podcast called Bees Using Reviews where I review faith-based family-friendly comics and I promote the creators that make them. If you have a faith-based family-friendly comic that you would like for me to review, you can see, send that info to Branson.Boykin at Word. gmail.com or you can message us through all the Geek Devotion social media. I'm there all the time too.
2: Sweet. Mr. Haru, pick one.
3: Didn't, he had a, didn't you have a, a Bible Devotion, John? Didn't you have a, a... We connection no oh i thought you said you didn't i thought they were just skipping over you it's like okay no no. i know i skip over you but doesn't mean they should <laughs> <laughs> nope uh
0: they can find me oh what haven't i touched
2: on recently i, I just keep waiting for kevin to start singing mezzanine
0: uh supersonic pod comics <laughs> i play nick foster in the randoms uh look at the supersonic feed soon as the randoms have episode five coming up quickly. Let's
2: go. All right. Let's go. I just thought of this, Kevin, do you keep singing mezzanine? Cause you're auditioning for, for John's band. Is that no. why you keep singing his band name?
3: Are you no. want, are you wanted to, be- it's, it's, it's- I'm very sure he doesn't understand the reference I'm doing. But Are you going, going to be so a background sure. singer for him? There was, there was a song I listened to, and it was called Glycerine, so I just put measuring with <laughs> glycerine. A... Mezzarine Kevin, how can people find you, bud? You could find me if you come to Jacksonville, Florida. If you don't, then you won't find me.
2: Well, dang, okay. <laughs> it's now a game.
3: Um, if you want to find me on the internet, if you wish to, and if you desire to, you can find me on YouTube instagram twitter um letterbox and facebook facebook i'm only 25 followers away from a full 1000 no, i'm 75 75 at this moment away from a full 1000 so come on man hey er- everything helps just to put my name it, out there and what do they so. have to
2: look for to find you on those platforms
3: if they wish to find me just type in the Dapperman reviews and you will find me
2: there. Awesome. Where you post up all kinds of memes because you are the meme lord. Yes. And also uh your uh, fantastic movie reviews that I may or may not agree with some of them. Uh I agree with a lot of them, except for Morbius, but that's another conversation. Morbius is a movie that sucks. It was fantastic. It wasn't fantastic. It was a good movie. <laughs> it was okay. Uh, yeah. It was an okay movie. Next time on the bottom shelf. No. No, nope. <laughs>
3: Well so, next review by the time they see this it would be Sonic the Hedgehog Two. Well, and um what, what's the other one? Crud. I forgot what it's called. I haven't Anyways, seen Crud. That'll be up too. Dallas. Yeah,
0: I've seen loads of crud. <laughs> Dallas, where can people find you on the interwebs? Well, if you're
3: not listening to this podcasting, you obviously don't know Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> so you find me, just
2: geekdevotions.com, where you find links to all of our social media platforms for Geek Devotions, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, we put out weekly devotionals on YouTube, on the Geek Devotions YouTube channel, based on geek culture, which currently, as a filming of filming this, we're in the middle of Anime April, where all of our devotions are based on animes. Uh, we just had one that's coming out... Um, as we recording this, the following episode is going to be about uh, "Rating of Kings, which was really fun. Wasn't expecting it to have the emotional feels to it. Uh, we've done um, Bruno Kenshin. We've done, uh, what did I do last week? Uh, um, Demon Slayer. I think we might be doing Jujutsu Kaisen. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, just depends. But uh, yeah, all the anime.
1: I also want to put a little plug. The uh, person that did the art for the uh, Anime April Yeak Devotions logo, yes, is the artist for Bun Bear Believes in You. It is a children's book slash graphic novel that uh, I will be reviewing on in a future episode of Bee's Views and Reviews. So yes. definitely check her out. We appreciate her doing the artwork for that.
2: Right. And while we're doing shout outs, I also want to give a special thank you to Nathan James Norman of uh, a fantastic podcast that's not been told, The Untold Podcast. Uh, he did our theme song. And a uh, fantastic job. Appreciate well, you. He did the VO
0: for the theme song. He
2: did the VO. Yes. I did the theme song. You did the theme song, but he did the, the voiceover work for us. So we appreciated that. He kind of reworked it for us. Um, and so all that being said, follow the bottom shelf on Instagram and Facebook. Just look for the bottom shelf pop up pretty easily. Not sure if we're on Google yet. We're working through it. Dave is working his magic as best he can. He's uh, over there at Blueberry. But, hey, until next time, have a great day.
0: Hey, Branson. Yeah. You want to see my motorcycle and my gun collection? Oh, yeah, absolutely. What?